I am Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks, ain't I? <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to follow that up, but welcome to Bros Watch PLL 2. <laughs> Benjamin Light, ain't it? <laughs> we are here to discuss S7E20 till death do us part. <sighs> Obviously, there's some, some Britishness involved in this episode, which I'm sure everyone knows they're listening to this. Uh, this episode is written by, or the story is by I'm Arlen King and Kyle Bound. Written by I'm Arlen King and Mike Goldsmith and directed by I'm Arlen King. It's an I'm Arlen King joint. It definitely is, yeah. We are day drinking and talking about PLO. That's how we're spending our Sunday fun day. It's exactly it, yeah. Uh, a little bit later coming out, obviously, there were a shitload of notes to do. I don't know about you, I finished this morning. <laughs> Oh, did you? Oh, because uh, I have to rewrite all your notes, so it takes me a while. Oh, uh, yeah. Likewise. Uh, so, yeah, probably about an hour ago, and plus I wanted to read all of the emails um, to respond to some. Mm-hmm. So, I'll do that at the end, obviously. Um, yeah, a little bit of follow-up before we dive in. Um, got some comments on our website page from Christine, Amanda, Samantha, Catherine, uh, Justin Fox, which is a great name. Or I'm sorry, Justin Knight Fox. Uh, Jenna and Cena. Thanks to all those. Um, I think we will address any question you might have had over the course of this episode because we're going to be talking for a long time. Yeah. So um, with all of your anticipation for this, I can't wait to let you all down. <laughs> and well, again, we, we do our thing because there was some confusion. We just discovered on the internet again. I am Marco Sparks, and I'm Benjamin Light. How are we not ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's talk about this monster of an episode, uh, double size. Yeah, we're gonna open up on night in Main Street Rosewood. There, the liars are all out front of uh, that's Apple Rose Grill, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all sitting at a table outside having some iced coffee, and uh, it's the five, by the way, including Allie, not Mona. Uh, speaking of which, first. First big question of the finale. Uh-huh. Allison's hair. What the fuck? I feel like I should just bite my tongue on that. I okay. don't know. I as, I as long as she's happy with it. I mean, I don't really want to get into a lot about the rap party because I don't know if you ever actually watched it. I found oh, it. Oh, God. I watched it last night. It's not. And I was like, why did I do this? It's not super vital. I was generally surprised to see that some things were not wigs. Oh, you thought her thing was a wig? I really. No, her. Those are her bangs. They look. I feel like they look better everywhere else than they do in this episode. But mm. 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 anyway, uh, Hannah says we saw Bridget Wu at Reef Ghosh the other day, and Allie's like, mm, "Was she drinking out of her purse?" And Hannah's like, "Hardly. It was a Vanderwall." Ari's like, "Amona Vanderwall," and then I feel like this is when you first know that like something's up here. <laughs> And then uh, Spencer says, I hear her bags are going for $1,000. And then to really let you know that something's up, here comes fucking Lucas, like tap dancing into this scene here. And like a white top hat and white coat uh, with his like little cane and everything. And he's just like doing his whole thing. And they're just kind of ignoring him as he tap dances. They don't really seem to notice as he tap, tap, taps away. And Allison's like, 
really? For that $1,000 purse comment. Spencer nods. And Emily's like, oh, good for her. And Hannah says, I always knew she would make it, which is like, okay. Mm-hmm. Note, note that. Write that down. Mona's inner, inner imagination is an interesting thing, I would say. I Well, we'll talk about this dream sequence in a second. But like, uh, so Lucas keeps doing his jig as he's like, I don't know ass pointing his way back uh, and he's like hello ladies and they all look over like not super surprised and they're all like hey lucas like fairly fairly <laughs> fairly lifeless yeah uh so he just tap dances out of frame emily is just fainting herself she's like ah, can it get any hotter spencer says oh if it does i'm shoving an ice pack down my panties and then hannah's like you know you can actually buy those but aria perks up at this she's like ice panties <laughs> and hannah says no aria ice panty liners and Emily just makes like the biggest like what the fuck face ever. And she's like, I'm looking that up. And she gets her phone out. I love. So Spencer's like, remember when we used to look up murder weapons, uh, indecent traits of psychopaths exhibiting signs of hyper reality disorder. And as she says this, Jenna's riding a horse that is just strutting down the street and both are dressed like showgirls. So the liars don't really notice. Um, and Ari's like, and that, that, oh, yeah, that rush that we got when we thought we were close to figuring out who A was. And then Hannah's like, and that tingly feeling you get when you just know that A was watching you. And in Mona's fantasy, Hannah gets a tingle when mm-hmm. uh, Mona's watching her. Yeah. But Emily's again with the like, what the fuck face? And she's like, what tingly feeling was that? Which is a great timing. As soon as Hannah says that, like Spencer's got her head back and she's like fanning herself and feeling the heat. <laughs> um, yeah. So Arya's like, I just can't believe we never figured out who it was. And then in the background, like Jenna just rides away. Um, yeah, all this weirdness happening behind him that they mostly just ignore. Yeah. <laughs> so Allison's like, the other day, someone asked me how it felt to be living a normal life, and I've never felt more insulted. <laughs> Bad news, Allie. You've been boring <laughs> for the last few seasons. <laughs> so he's like, why do we miss A so much? And Spencer's like, because without fear, there could be no courage. And Hannah says, who said that? And in Spencer and Mona's voice, both, we hear Christopher Paolini, which... And- you tell me that Mona's reading Aragon. <laughs> the music starts to change because, uh, like, there was that like weird because Mona's voice is just like echoing in from the the ether, and uh, then it starts to snow uh, first, just little flakes, and uh, the liars all look up and smile. And they're kind of holding out their hands, catching the snow, and they kind of keep pulling up, uh, moving back higher and higher as the snow falls down on them. And eventually, we we're just it kind of gets blurry, and we're pulling right out of the snow into a snow globe. That Mona's holding in her hand, and she's looking into the snow globe, and uh, this appears to be like at Welby or something. She's just like wearing uh, like a really basic uh, like white t-shirt, and behind her, as she's looking into the snow globe, we see a, a dark figure enter the room. She lowers her hand and drops the snow globe. It rolls off the bed and smashes and breaks on the floor. Rosebud. Yes, and. Uh, this person, this this a hoodie person, comes in closer, and Mona says, "Mona like can look up and seemingly see the face, and says, I never would have guessed it was you.'" Mm. And she laughs and smiles a little, but then it's like she starts to scoot back on her bed, like she suddenly realizes something, like she's afraid now, and she's like, "Are you here to kill me?" Mm. Mm. A just leans over, leans over her, and we go to the credits. This is a fun little opening sequence. Very meta, mm-hmm. of course. I don't know. What did you think of all of it? Um, I almost wish that the dream stuff didn't get even more bonkers before the end. Mm-hmm. It's funny that that's the only place that Lucas is in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Jenna's just interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is like the stuff they're talking about. This is all it works on a, a couple of levels because it's all Mona's fantasy. And mm-hmm. so the liars are all kind of like wishing that a was back kind of, you mm-hmm. know, and like the original a, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. at the same time, like on a metal level, it feels like the show is kind of like wishing it could recapture that that first vibe, you know, back when it was all fresh and new. Well, and I think also uh paying delightful lip service to the idea of the dream logic mm-hmm. of of rosewood and you know if if you're like benji and the show ends at a certain point for you this is a nice bookend <laughs> you could say that yeah um we'll we'll talk about the final mona scene later um but yeah the take a bow lucas that's the last we see of you um i don't think we need anything more from his character no. i know some people are really mad i saw online they were like how come we didn't get more Lucas and explaining the comic book? And it's like, what needs to be explained? I don't know. Yeah. I think we got the comic book down. Um, it's really more of a, of a capper to Charlotte's story. It's really just like, by the way, Lucas knew Charlotte. Yeah. And he feels bad about it now, which is why he's being nice to Hannah. Yeah. So basically Lucas is just a red herring or was a red herring. Yeah. I feel like we, we got all we needed from his story and whatever that episode that was like seven sixteen or, but still, 7B, 10 episodes, season of answers, most romantic season. If you didn't think there was going to be a couple red herrings. Yeah. <laughs> fooling yourself. I, I mean, We didn't talk about that. I mean, I, I, I like this episode overall. I assume you did the same. Yeah, for the yeah. most part. I mean, I have uh, a thousand little nits to pick, some bigger than others. But I feel like twins are pace for all. Uh, <laughs> it was everything I wanted. So I don't too know. Bad, too bad there's not like a... A finale, uh, a bingo card of just a whole column mm-hmm. of you, how you uh, uh, take credit for Twin Sir. Yeah. Uh, what can I say? I told you so. <laughs> we'll get to much more gloating later. Uh, we need a shirt of your face on it, or maybe two Spencer faces, and just mm-hmm. what can I say? I told you so. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's like haters for this episode online. I just, I feel like this season finale or series finale was. It, it 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 was congruent with the rest of the show you know i don't know what show you're watching where you expected something amazing to happen uh that was out of step with the rest of the show that we got there's a lot of fan service for you know the the bulk of the fans who are not people like us and then for the fans who are like us i think um i mean i smiled i mean it's 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 pandering but i smiled at you know mentions of the basement I feel like all series finales are fan service. It's really a question of which fans are being serviced. And mm-hmm. this show in particular has a broad range of fans, I would say. Right. Like the shipping stuff, that's obviously not for us. Right. I think most of the people who listen to our podcast or are like in the Boot Riley Van Cullen crew, fans of Jacob Clifton, they're probably not super into the shipping part of things. Right. But seemingly a lot of a lot of the regular fans on Twitter are, you know. Yeah. Um, so, well, and it's kind of trying to give something to everyone. Yeah, there'd be like like torches and pickforks coming outside. I'm Marlon King's house if she pandered to like our smaller splinter group <laughs> yeah. of fans than like the crazy whacked out Ezrians. And even the Breaking Bad finale has a bunch of fans in it. So whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So we get the credits. Uh, everyone is the shisher this time. What'd you think of this? It's the end. 
Might as well. I kind of hated this personally. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what else are you going to do? The coffin is supposed to be open, but it takes up the whole frame, so you can't really see it very well. Well, because it's like a, a, an effect clearly done. Like, yeah, it, the just, fact. it just looks like something composite over it. Also, I, I'm not sure, but I would swear that like maybe they forgot to take the pink color cast off or something because mm. it doesn't look like the color quite matches what it should look like. Um, and the, the synchronized shushing is weird to me. Yeah. It, it just seems creepy. Like one of the things you would get before when it showed all the liars together is they'd all be doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's really jarring to see them all do something in sync instead of all kind of like looking off their own way and doing their own thing. See, like they kind of continued on the same vein that they were in for the the second half of 7B where the liars are all, you're pretty sure they're going down the drain to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be a great ending. It's like, you know, liars to the end, all that shit. But like, like a lot of stuff, whenever you work in an external villain and stuff of Caleb and fucking Ezra, it's like the five girls are basically all reacting. I mean, I I, I would have done two things with this. Either I just go with the hammer. I go with the shusher, mm-hmm. the shusher as mm-hmm. usual, or like you put like Mona in there. Uh, or, well, no, you can't really do it. I was going to say, yeah, Mona would be great. Or our, what was our thing? It's always like getting all in North. <laughs> but uh, just Peter A scenes. I don't know if they're going to cut it. I mean, they always do something. Like whenever there's a special episode, yeah. they, they tweak this in some regard. So like, I don't know if when they do like the broadcast or the syndicated or holy shit, can you imagine the show syndicated? If they ever do that, I wonder if they'll do in the second half where <laughs> Troy and the shusher and then she takes off her own face. Mm. The shush. I don't know. They're just reusing footage that they shot like a year and a half ago. So yeah, it, it it's creepy to me. There's something about them all synced together that just doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. I feel like I need to go re-edit this episode and make a few minor changes. I put the shisher in there and then maybe chop something off at the end. And there you go. <laughs> we have our Topher Grace cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the Phantom edit. Yeah. Um, so then we, we, yeah, we cut to the famous in love back lot of the Warner, Warner Brothers uh, where Ari and Ezra are just taking a stroll. I feel like we can just call it the Warner Brothers back lot, <laughs> not the famous in love back lot. I don't know if they've really earned that cachet yet on that show. <laughs> Plus, I wonder, like, isn't Famous in Love only like eight episodes? So I think done? it was ten. I don't know. Okay. Um, Didn't watch it yet. Yeah, so these two are just strolling yet. through, taking in the, uh, he just did uh, magical air quotes. We just, he's, they're taking in the ambiance in the Warner Brothers backlot. Ezra's just, just look at his face. It's just the fucking, the history. Aria, the history. Um, so Aria's like, can we just take a second to appreciate this Robert Redford, Barbara Streisand, the way we were moment? And Ezra's like, didn't they break up in that movie? And Arya's like, oh yeah, but in my head, the new wife dies and they just get back together. So Arya's a fucking savage. I love it. <laughs> so this gives Ezra a good little chuckle and she stops him when she sees him laughing it up. She's just finding her so cute and she's like, what? And then what does he say? Nothing. It's just, um, this is the best week ever. Our book might become a movie and you're about to become my wife. So I guess that's why they're here on the back lot is to like, pitch their their book to warner brothers or something apparently this book in this year that this is taking place later because this is one year later apparently this book is just fucking everywhere this book would become like a trash lifetime movie i mean let's be real yeah uh but yeah aria says hey if you don't stop looking at me like that i'm never gonna be able to say my vows without that ugly cry and he's like you are kind of an ugly crier 
And Arya just starts walking away, and she's not going to take that teasing. And she's like, "Oh, okay, I can say that. You cannot say that." And he's like, "I no, I I love your ugly ugly cry, it makes you unique." She's like, "Right, okay, don't try and talk yourself out of it now." But they're very playful, and he stops and he takes her in his arms. And he's like, "I'm done." And they kiss and spin around it's like a classic movie. And behind them, a, a tour guide cart full of uh, PLL writers drives by, all taking pictures. Yeah, so there's. Three people I'm not sure of. Then who I believe is my Goldsmith, Joseph Doherty, someone who I can't tell, who I believe is Allison Nelson, Elijah Baraz, Brian Holdman, and Josh Moorhead as as uh, Ariana Ezra just keep kissing. Oh, David Lazarus, I think, is in there too. It's an it's a nice way to do a cameo as they uh, just kind of like have their Hollywood kiss here. I did find this whole scene really weird. Which is not in Rosewood. It's well it, to put it on the PLL backlot when we know that that's where they film. It it's like it's really jarring because like the episode started with like a dream sequence and now it's like oh look they're where the show is filmed but they're there as in, in character you know like it, it's really weird yeah um yeah the the, the beginning and the, really the first half of this episode I, I found really jarring so I, i've only seen two episodes of famous in love i just want to know for anyone who's watched the rest of it is it as like meta as fuck as i would want it to be based on this experimentation and i doubt i mean it. as far as i know in the pilot they have like celebrity cameo from chad low they so. do <laughs> they do um which i don't know how he does not walk around just like a giant glass of scotch for that celebrity cameo but sadly he's not um but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the content of that scene was good. Just the location really threw me off when I was watching it, you know, because well, it's, it's one year later. By the way, there's a tile card that said that. Um, and it's just like all this weird stuff is happening. And you're like, where is normal PLL? Yeah. And then as somebody, well, this, this will never come up again. Um, but then as somebody who's also like, you know, trying to tie this down to the earth to like talk about on a podcast mm-hmm. i'm like okay so now they had to go to the airport make that five-hour flight back to philadelphia yeah. catch an uber back to rosewood you know it's a marlene episode because there are some timeline issues which we'll, we'll and discuss some, and some not issues per se but there's some pacing not irregularities but some some you, usual suspects of pacing you yeah. get the classic marlene thing where like suddenly it feels like everything's like going way faster everyone's running yeah running screaming suddenly everyone's in a hurry yeah uh so meanwhile we're gonna cut back to the emerson household there's emily she's feeding a little baby in a high chair it must be morning because she's still like in her bathrobe and she's like all right here you go and the baby just like recoils away from that green trash that food looks wretched it looks like fucking soylent green that she's shoving down his baby's face babies are gross anyway emily's like oh is that a no you don't like peas it's awful isn't it and then she slides over in her chair because oh shit there's another baby. It's bum, bum, twins. Bum. Uh, these babies, by the way, are also like totally white too. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how how you cast or something like this, but uh, doesn't seem like they got many of Emily's genes. No, no. It looks like they got their uh, their Ponzi fathers. Yeah, yeah. So Emily's uh, talking to this other baby, and she's like, "What about you, Grace? Grace, uh, did you want to try the peas?" And this baby pulls away as well and kind of smiles. Fuck uh, your peas. Yeah. Fuck your peas, Emily. <laughs> and Emily's like, oh, you want it? No? Okay. Wait, hold on. This has always been, sorry, special guest star Chad Lowe. Yeah. And I just never noticed that. No, he's always a special guest star. <laughs> you, you're never too old to learn something. <laughs> yeah, Emily says, okay, why do I get the feeling both of your first words are going to be no? 
I think their first words are probably going to be something like, that's immortality, my darlings. <laughs> uh, just then, speak of the devil, Allie walks in. She's dressed for work, and she just kind of stops to admire Emily and kind of tending to the kids there. It's like it's almost like Emily's a stay-at-home mom here, although she theoretically has some sort of coaching job. That she she frequents on occasion. You can show up or not show up. No one really cares. Yeah. Uh, so Emily kind of puts a bowl of this like nasty mush down and stands up to greet Allie. And she's like, hi, can you please pick up Lily? And Allie's like, of course. And so he's like, come on. She picks up one of the kids and Allie comes over to get the other one. And Allie says, I can't stay for very long. I had that meeting with Jen Gertzenblatt. So is Allison meeting with this freeform executive about an Emerson spinoff? There was a thing in the first half of this episode where it almost felt like a bad fantasy adaptation where they keep saying people's full names all the time. Well, because it's like it's clearly homages to real people who are involved yeah. behind the scenes. Which, by the way, Jen Gerstenblatt, if you ever want to talk to us about a show. Emily's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, right. And then Allie to the baby's like, oh, good girl. Oh, I'm going to miss you. Mm, bye. Bye, Lily. Bye, Grace. So it's Lily and Grace. I got to say, this is a yeah, this is, there's a whole domestic thing here, which just doesn't. You know, it's it's hard Al- for us. Alice Emily and Emerson, I think, yeah. are the proper names. Yeah, exactly. Babies. But like, it's it's hard for us to recap these kind of scenes because domestic bliss isn't really our bag. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are people who are over the moon by this scene, and that Congrats. This, this scene's for them. You yeah. know, um, I the weirdest thing about the first half of this episode is I feel like there's really minimal conflict, mm-hmm. and so it's a lot of just like. Look how happy these characters are. Like, and it eventually starts getting into it a little and like adding some conflict. But for a while, it's just, it just feels weird. Like, not entirely PLL because there is no conflict. It's just like everyone's happy. Yeah. Here's another scene of everyone happy. Yeah. Well, some people who I find are very not happy. Yeah. Oh, well, we, we get into it eventually. I think that's why the, the Caleb Hanna stuff is at least like, intriguing because there's drama there because their relationship's been dead for nine episodes anyway uh so anyway they're all kissing babies here and uh kissing emily Allie's like oh good girl good girl and then to emily she says i love you and emily says i love you too which i want to say might be the first time they actually say it to each other yeah so there's that uh so they kiss goodbye emily walks off the baby in each arm she's talking to them she's like all right it's gonna be a fun day isn't it yes and Allie's just sighing as she watches them go. Like she's contented, but then suddenly it seems like, oh, she seems maybe a little anxious about something. Like it's it's too good right now. Well, yeah. Well, she's she's got plans and she's keeping them from Emily because she's scheming for love and blah blah blah. But like, uh, I really wanted the uh, the continuation of this scene where Emily carries both babies into the uh, uh, like bathroom for a bath or something, and in the mirror she happens to catch a glimpse of uh, Pam's reflection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just curious, like. We know how Emily treats her job. <laughs> Apparently, she uh, does, takes motherhood a little more seriously, I hope. Hey, you, stranger, cover for me with these babies. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just watch these kids? I'll be back in, I don't know, just for a while. <laughs> cover for me. Also, about her job real quick. Paige, they made up a position. They wanted Paige so fucking badly. They made up a position, which I'm going to assume was just solely to supervise Emily. Yeah, maybe, probably. Maybe make her show up. Maybe make I her mean, even sign her bullshit time card. But I, like, maybe Hackett just like wanted the drama. He's just <laughs> like, I'm just a civil servant working a boring job. This should be interesting. I'm I'm cruising that last year to retirement. Yeah, 
I want some drama. It's been up and fun for five years since those psychopaths went to high school here. Well, we had like 12 psychopaths enrolled in senior year. But like uh, with Paige gone, though, is Emily just had like free reign to do fuck all? <laughs> no supervision at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this is this is how you know it's time for PLL to end because like babies. That's babies on TV shows. That would just be a huge wrinkle. Like that wouldn't work at all. Like how are they supposed to get stalked like ghost ninjas when there's babies involved? The only thing, and I hate working in the men. Uh-huh. That's why we. I think it's. Oh, well, you, you could you could just push the babies off on the men the whole time. Who's sure. that? But I think that's why we always talk about like actual bad guys spinoffs because I don't feel like Caleb deserves to be in the resolutions as much as he is they were they were all a little too but like what if they had, what if like. all the men had a chase sequence where they had to wear the fucking thing with the baby is trapped in their the chest deal, and yeah. they're like running yeah three men in a baby. well that's the thing like he can't i feel like you can't like start putting the babies in jeopardy it gets weird at that point yeah yeah yeah. you, know, like if you that, start like michael jacksoning to... the baby out of a window you're in trouble it gets uncomfortable when it's like a kidnapped your kid you know yeah. like that's just that i feel like Which, that's a line also, too far the show's done it <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was Ezra's kid. That kid wasn't even real. How old is Malcolm now? Like a teenager. Maybe he's that Luke asshole that's in class. He kind of looks like Malcolm. That'd be that'd be juicy. I feel yeah. like Fraser's kid like loves his dad more than Malcolm <laughs> regards Ezra. So yeah, cut to the Radley lobby. We're gonna find out right away why Allie's acting a little weird here. Uh, she comes marching in, heads over to the bar area, walking up to a high back chair where someone is is waiting here. Who's gonna be? Oh, it's Pam. Pam Fields uh, and Allie comes over and hugs them. Like I feel like we missed the scene where Pam kind of finds out about Allie and Emily. Yeah, like that would have been a nice scene to have. I think. Well, all the moms. I feel like we miss some mom reactions. So we're you know in like a half an hour from now. So like three hours of your podcast time uh, from now. We're going to actually see the parents. And I just think of like how much the Montgomery family uh-huh. was a part of the show for the first two years. And then it's like, oh, shit, it's Ella. I haven't seen her in like, I don't know how long. <laughs> She's off to the Muffin Man castle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Allie and Pam hug. And Pam says, thanks for coming so early. And Allie's like, yeah, of course. So they sit to talk. And Pam says, she doesn't know you're here, right? And Allie's like, no, I hate lying to her. And Pam's like, oh, yeah, but she'll find out the truth soon enough. You know, it's it's important to me. And you're giving me a peace of mind just knowing that Al- Emily's going to be taken care of. And Allie leans in sincere. She takes Pam's hand and she says, like I promised you, I will always be here for her. And Pam just whispers, she's like, thank you. And this is where you're like, is Pam dying? Yeah. Like, is, it, is she just the most dramatic mother ever? Because it really makes it seem like uh, Pam's got cancer or something. What if Pam also had a heart attack? Ooh. Like a sympathetic heart attack. Condition. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, hey, Emily, you should be concerned. Start well, going to the doctor a lot. Does she uh, just like live life at its fullest the same way Wayne Fields does? <laughs> Listen, the man's on the battlefield, whether it's at home or in the rest stops of America. <laughs> well, you know, at the time, it didn't seem like a big deal for him to have like eaten nine sushi rolls. But if they were spicy tuna rolls, Whoa. maybe we're talking about something else there with uh, Wayne Fields. See, well, first of all, spicy tuna rolls mm-hmm. that are just flapping in the wind. Mm. Mm, yeah. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> um also just remind everyone heart disease is the leading killer in america uh so we cut to the woods somewhere the general 
WB it's like Woods. Some kind of uh forest woods stable thing or something. Yeah. It's a, it's a horse place. Yeah, it's we uh Melissa's back. Hey, hi Melissa. Hey. Spencer and Melissa are kind of grooming this horse here and having some sisterly bonding time. I love Tori DeVito. She's just like Here's how I think Tori DeVito always plays Melissa. She's keeping her own fucking counsel. And I feel like there's an element of always trying to be a good big sister. Usually that fails by the end of the scene. Also, like she's really sitting on a lot of reserve bitchitude, which we'll get into as we get. Oh, shit. Should we do some some Hastings Hastings Center Theater? Uh, Why don't we? Yeah. also in the background, uh, Toby's truck is parked nearby on a dirt road, which is really distracting. Like it really kind of kills. When like, I the first saw it, I was this. like, "Is that really there?" There's something about the lighting here where it almost looks like it's like composited in, but I'm pretty sure it's there. No. Oh. Um, do you think Spencer ever told Melissa how she paid for that truck? No. Do you think that's just something you just never tell? No. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that still in the haste. You just also you just keep that to yourself till you die. As we discovered, she's still Peter's daughter. Oh yeah. Hell yes, I sold your wedding ring. <laughs> I do it again. All right, uh, I'll be remember, Melissa. Remember, she says that with the uh, the haircut. No, I know, I know. That's why it was such a great callback. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess uh, why don't I be? You're Spencer, right? I really want to be Melissa, but oh, I'll be you Spencer. Can be, you can be Melissa. I mean, all you, you. We're gonna have to switch halfway through. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. We're gonna switch halfway through. Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Um, yeah, so they're riding the horse gear, they're talking, and then Melissa, as casually as she can, she's just like, you know, I was thinking about staying in town for a while. Really? Mm-hmm. That's great. I feel like we're just starting to get to know each other again. Me too. And Melissa kind of raises an eyebrow and pets the horse next to them. But I was hoping you'd consider swapping the barn for your old room. Ooh. Spence kind of walks past her sister, not really liking that proposal, Melissa just arches an eyebrow, ice cold. Fine. You win, but just this once. I feel like the Melissa's AD fans ever just clinched their sphincters. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Melissa pats Spencer playfully on the arm. I'm kidding. And she rolls her eyes. She's just being silly. And she picks up like a wash bucket to carry over to another horse. And Spencer watches her go tend that horse. And then she looks back and, uh-oh, some fucking hobo drifter is creeping on her ride over there. He's like looking in the windows of the cab. Spencer's like, can can I help you? This is private property, man. <laughs> hey, man. I guess we should. This is where we switch. I become Spencer now. Sure. And then turns around. Of course, holy fucking shit! It's Toblerone Cavanaugh. So just happy. Is it just me or does he look somehow like dumber than ever here? I have so many screen caps of oh, his face. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, I almost want to pause. I like, post them on Twitter just to catch people up. He's so great in this. Um. So she's just like, Toby, what are you doing here? Hey, he drops his backpack and they walk up to each other for a big old hug. It's a long, like deeply felt hug. Mm -hmm. And the song is like uh, pretty on the nose. We hear like lyrics like, oh, I've been longing to see you. Um, So it's just like Alex said she talked to Jason. She said you weren't coming back for the wedding. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't planning on it. But when we finished the well in Karambi ahead of schedule and I decided to hike back from Africa, Dopey Toby just lasts us off. You can see like in a close up, he's actually quite filthy right now. He's just like, he's just a dirty hobo. 
And he's like, uh, I didn't know if I was ready to come back. So I flew to New York and I just, I started walking. Wasn't sure where I'd end up. This fucker walked from New York. Okay, I forgot Forrest to Google Gump. like how long that is, but okay. I feel like it's a ways. Okay, Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like purposely walking her into this question where she's just like, yeah, how are you doing? You can tell she's a little concerned. I, I feel like Toby, every time there's a time jump, he like loses 10 IQ points. Like, I feel like he's, he's playing this scene like he might be mildly like mentally disabled. I was passed up for a lot of promotions uh-huh. mentally. So uh, Toby can tell the answer is written all over his like dirty, goofy looks here. So he's going to change the subject. And he's like, who's this? She, he's referring to the horse. And she's like, oh, this is bashful. He walks over to the horse. Uh, the horse kind of turns its head away, neighing a little. He's like, so he's a little shy. Yeah, he's a rescue like you. They have rescued horses? I don't know, but he he swaggers over like he's the goddamned horse whisperer. Oh, not quiet. I think Spencer is. Yeah, so Spencer's like, says he'll like to the horse and Bashful moves closer to them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but be careful though. So far, I'm the only person he's trusted enough to get close to. That doesn't stop Toby from rubbing and caressing this horse on the forehead. I guess because Spencer's here. Yeah. And he's like, hello. And then Bashful the horse is like, hello, Toblerone. <laughs> Toblerone. Oh shit, you can talk. Toblerone, there's danger about. I've tried to warn you. I've been screaming at the humans for weeks now. Uh, so she's laughing. She's like, oh. PLL spinoff, Toby and the talking horse. <laughs> it's just Mr. Ed. No one knows the horse can talk to him. They all think he's fucking crazy. Just, They're like, oh, Toby's a little touched. I just want to. <laughs> I just want it to be like, Toby's in the brew. And like the horse will just like walk in and order a latte or something. And Toby's just like staring. Is no one else seeing this? What the fuck? Toby, you back on them gummy bears? Oh, God damn it. Um, Speaking of those, I have a callback for that later. Okay. So uh, laughing, Spencer's like, okay, that's a first. And Toby's like, hi. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Then a like a workman walks past him. This guy has to be like crew or something. This feels like a cameo. He's just like, I feel like he has a vibe of like, don't look at the camera, don't look at the camera as he walks by. Featured face, featured face. Yeah, this is actually Benjamin Light. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that guy walks by, and then Bashful starts to get a little uneasy and snorts a bit. And Spencer's like, easy, easy. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. Shh. It's okay. Spencer is the horse whisperer for this particular horse. Everybody got that. Oh, so I'll, I'll jump in here. Yeah, he'll calm me down the horse, turns back to Toby, and she's like, um, hey, if you uh, if you give me a minute, I can give you uh, a lift back to town if you want. And Toby nods because he's a drifter with nothing else to do, and he's like, what can I help you with? So she gestures like the saddle, holds up her car keys. <laughs> she should just be like, ask gas or grass, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> she holds up her keys, and she's just like, uh, can you throw that in the truck? So he looks over, and oh, there's his truck. That's the one she's talking about, only it's her truck now, again. Yeah, so she recognizes his recognition, and she's like, yeah, I saw it on eBay, and I couldn't resist. So he just smiles at this, because he's a fucking goofy burnout. He smiles at everything now. <laughs> he grabs the saddle and walks it over the truck. Then he stops, and he looks back at Spencer, and he's just watching her, and she leads the horse like back through a gate. And Spencer's like, yeah, good boy. And Toby just looks at her like his heart finally start, started beating again. Uh, he needs to be taken care of in the same way that horse is taken care of, you know. He, he's in one half of a production of of, of Mice and Men. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you guess which half. Uh, then he, he just kind of sighs regretfully because he, he fucked her that one time and she never called him again. 
So also, I would bring it up. I'm just saying we might not have this episode if somebody had brought it up. What? Hey, that sex last night was pretty good. Sorry, I well, passed he, out and pooped. He's in mourning. They had weird sex. She never mentions it again. I feel like at a certain point, he drifted apart and he just let it go. I don't know. Mm. It's like one of those nights you don't talk about. Mm. And then, meanwhile, back at Rosewood High. Oh, boy. Our favorite scene. This is what the fans are waiting for in the finale here. Uh, Allie is here. She's teaching. She's lecturing the future of America. On the blackboard behind her, we got a quote from Shel Silverstein. It says, there are no happy endings. Endings are the saddest part. So give me a happy middle and a very happy start. And Allie is saying, Orson Welles said that if you want a happy ending, that depends, of course, on where you stop your story. So how does that relate to the, the how does that theme, which isn't a theme, uh, relate to the ending of then and now because well, she's teaching Ezra and Arya's trash novel. Let's establish some things. Shel Silverstein, especially when you're, I would say, younger than high school, is great. It's great. Orson Welles, brilliant. What's what's not like those two? Ezra Fitz. Also, just like high school English in general. Remind your your high school English teacher. When she was a teenager, may or may not have fucked this far too romantic pedo who then went on to fuck her friend also who sat in one of these very chairs. It, like, God damn it, Alice, this is problematic as fuck. <laughs> well, and like, would you even be teaching this book? Like Ezra wrote half of this. You know, there are like some graphic fuck scenes in this book. Oh, yeah. Ezra seems like that kind of guy. Oh, yeah. If there's not, Th- that's how he establishes himself as a serious writer. Is lots of fucking. If there's not HBO fuck scenes in this finale, there are in that book. Uh-huh. It's probably like, probably like a real, like I don't know, Philip Roth esque description of like the hand job that Nicole gave him. Yeah, and then he he makes that face like, are we having fun yet? His O face, and she's just like Ezra, Ezra. <laughs> also, Addison Derringer and her crew. In this Everyone's favorite character, Addison Derringer, is in the scene. I, I love Addison Derringer. Like, uh, she looks bored as fuck. But also, it's a year later. Why the fuck is she? In I, this think, class? I think they all because that Luke dude is in this class too. I think they all got failed or held back or I don't know. You think Emerson just like got bumped forward a year? I think he uh, he passed his classes. So mm. yeah, he's he's just in class like he normally would, and all these idiots are. <laughs> At that point, Emerson looks around. He's like, I'm the only student in this class who's not a fucking dunce. Maybe (laughs) because up until now, I didn't have Allison De Laurentiis as my teacher. Yeah, so we'll we'll be introduced to them later. But the rest of Allie's like mean girl crew is there. There's like, uh, I guess that's the Aria in the back there. The uh, I I don't know if anyone of these is really the Hannah. You're talking about Ava or the other girl who's not named? Well, so there's Willa, who's the blonde. Who's my girl Willa. Yeah. I'm all about Willow. She's like a real actress. Um, well, so was she in. Uh, so was she in Maya's cousin. No, Maya's cousin's like a fan. They like they Celeste met Rivera. She has credits. I think you're thinking of someone else. Celeste Rivera has credits on IMDb. Okay, pull it up again. Okay. Her credit is Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the background, there's like a random brunette chick, and then there's like an Asian girl who I don't think says a single thing in the entire episode. No, has no name. She's wearing some Arya like cast off outfits. There's some. I guess print. she's the Arya. I guess. If you're gonna match them up, one. That's to one. cool though. I mean, racially, future Arya is Asian. I can dig that. Sure, sure, yeah. Then who the fuck is uh, Ava? What is Ava's deal? Who's Ava? Ava's this chick. 
with the jean jacket. Oh, the one in the back? I guess that's Hannah. Okay. I, I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I definitely don't get a Hannah vibe from Maya's cousin. Okay, there. so so then Hadley is the Emily? Well, that's weird. <laughs> which one's, no, Hadley's the Spencer. No, Willa's the Spencer. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, which one's Hadley? Hadley is her. Oh, she's Hadley. Hadley's, no, Hadley's St. Germain. Yeah, which, by the way, like, hey, check out the INDB here. Can you see that? Yeah, she has one credit. I swear to fucking God, that's changed since the other night. Okay. Because I looked up Celeste Rivera. Let the record show that Benji was right. Are you just burning after I was two for two right during that Joseph Doherty interview? What were you right about? Well, number one, the uh, uh, maiden name. No, I was right about that. No, I had said that Drake was the maiden name. I had said that too. We're no. not in a disagreement on that. Number two was the other thing that I've forgotten. Okay. But it's, it's Jermaine to the point. I'll it's, give it to you. It's Meyer St. Germain to the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, the chick who plays Willa is going to be in that Sharp Objects, the uh, Gillian Flynn adaptation tv show yeah so there was a movie and then it was a tv show wasn't there a, what, what was the jillian flynn one with uh charlie Theron? i don't know maybe it's dark something dark places might, might have been dark places okay word anyway my girl willa willa seems like the only one like will i feel like willa and ava could be in another tv show the rest of these people would get recast you know what though i wouldn't i wouldn't put them in whatever the hell the perfectionist is these girls seem more like the amateurs to me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Emerson's raising his hand. He's not going to get called on because Emily's just like, uh, what did she say? Emerson, maybe you should give someone else a chance. <laughs> he nods. He gets it. He recognizes that nepotism. <laughs> and Allison looks around. She sees another boy raise his hand. It's that asshole from X's and OMG's. His name is Luke. He's what got he long hair. Because let me tell you something. I watched this finale. I didn't remember who the fuck this kid was. Oh, just I didn't fucker? like him. I, I just didn't like him. I remembered his hair. I remember that long hair. What he's like, f- he's like new Caleb. New Caleb. I know. Isn't that horrible? To Go think fuck about? yourself, new Caleb. What is? Were you raising your hand? You trying to get some hand stuff in there right away? I don't. What does this kid do? What did he do in X's and OMGs? He was just an asshole to Allie. I swear to God, I could not remember him at all. I definitely remembered him. He wasn't like he was just like he's just like a dumb teenager, you know. Um, he's chilling under that alliteration. So Ali calls for Luke, and Luke's like, he says, "It's like when you finish a book and you don't want it to end, even though the characters are happy and you're still sad that it's ending." What kind of English class is this? <laughs> this is like fourth grade shit. There is nobody, nobody reading then and now who's like, "Man, I don't want this book to end." <laughs> <laughs> So Allie's like, exactly. And then Addison saves us. And she's like, isn't your friend the reason that book doesn't have a happy ending? She stole Ezra from Nicole. They were hooking up while she was riding away. This is why I, got, I can't hate Addison. I can't ever hate her. I love her. She has her moments. And Allie's like, that's enough, Addison. And Addison's like, it's just my opinion. No, it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Allie rolls her eyes at this. And she's putting her coffee cup down. Then Addison, under her breath, is like, Lesbo. Yeah, I can't hate it, Addison. I can yeah, and it's, I don't know what the point of this is. It's just like to show that Addison's mean or something. Yeah. Uh, and just like a bitch. Uh, Allie's just like, excuse me, what did you say? And they kind of stare each other down within the bell rings. And everyone gathers up their shit to leave. All the kids are filing out. Addison's the last one to go. So Allie just like grabs her by the arm and yanks her back. And she's like, you may think you're winning the battle, but I'll win the war. And Addison's just like, what the fuck? She's like, careful, Allie. You don't want to leave a bruise. I could bury you with that. 
But then again, it wouldn't be the first time someone's buried you. Addison's coming back. Zing. Addison's like, P.S. Your bangs are the real tragedy here. <laughs> and Allie's just like, it's Mrs. DeLaurent. Or I'm sorry, it's Ms. DeLaurentis. Addison ain't got time for your shit. One of the girls in this classroom is remarkably 40 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's weird because I see like the the little new liar crew they have. Mm-hmm. And at the at, they look like they're 12 to me, even though I know they're probably all like 18. Well, what was that thing? It was like well, you were in junior high, and then a few years later you were in high school, and then you saw the new junior high kids, and you're like, you're also short and tiny. Yeah. But yeah, the one girl sitting behind, I don't know who it was. I was just like, you are older. <laughs> you're like here on like assignment undercover <laughs> from a newspaper or something. <laughs> Have you never been kissed? Um, so in the Rosewood High hallway. Like, how do these idiots get hired as teachers? They're just like grabbing their students and threatening them constantly. Well, and like lesson number like 25 of the Allison is like watered down Allison. Like she knew a year ago Addison was a problem. You're telling me she hasn't handled that? I know. Take care of your shit. And yeah. I, I, th- this whole scene is a little too meta for me, too. It's all like happy endings discussion. You don't want it to end. Like there's no conflict in any of this. Everything just feels really weird and goofy. Also, Addison's like been shopping at whatever store that Aria briefly shopped at the beginning of the time jump. Well, none of the new liars fashion? fashion seems fashionable enough Except for, for my the girl liars. Willa. Willa maybe a little because she's like prepped out, but yeah, they don't they don't seem to really be bringing it the same way the old liars did. I feel like Willa is like what little I understand of book Spencer. Yeah, yeah, like that's her blonde, whole look. Yeah. yeah. I think Book Spencer's maybe red haired, but like her whole look is like it's like it's no Emily's red haired in the book. Oh really? Yeah, it's Emily's Irish in the book. It's really weird. Abigora. Yeah. Uh, anyway, before we continue, I need to pee. <laughs> so then outside, I guess it's like a bit later or something. Uh, Emily's walking through the hallway. A bunch of kids are out there. She may or may not be on the clock right now. She's got like a stopwatch around her neck. A clipboard. Yeah, so maybe she is. She comes up to Allie. Allie's like chilling in the doorway of her classroom, like spying on Addison and her like little bitchy friends. And Emily's just like, hey, how did your meeting with Mrs. Gertzenblatt go? <laughs> and Allie's like, oh, um, she had to reschedule. So and, I guess that spinoff is on hold. <laughs> mm, <laughs> we'll call you. Yeah. Emily looks over at what Allison's looking at. Uh, it's Addison and her friends. They're just laughing it up primarily at another girl. And Allie's like, between the two of us, we have to know someone who knows someone who can take care of her. What the fuck? They're just planning her murder. But even Emily's like, what the fuck? Emily's like, uh, <laughs> this is what turns you on and turns me on about you, but still. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I know. My girl Willa, look at that face. <laughs> By the way, we're recording in the same room. So once again, Marco may start laughing from time to time. I think you should screen cap that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, so <laughs> see Addison and her friends, they're laughing. They pan over to that they're laughing at Claire, the little girl from the Christmas episode, all grown up. I guess that uh, talk from Hannah didn't really help out that much. The anti-bullying talk she gave. No, no. Well, like she should have taken these girls under her wing. I don't know how Addison is not like Allison's a, a Padawan at this point. Yeah, I know. You think she would have recruited her. So uh, they, they've put a doll in Claire's locker that has like a nice stab through. Well, so so the doll, the little baby Claire doll, which has a hearing aid on the doll. <laughs> nice touch. And is wearing a heart on its shirt, has a blade through that heart. 
what does this mean? This is like this is not normal teen girl bullying. I feel like this is almost like a love letter or something, you know? Maybe maybe, maybe Addison's Addison's secretly in love yeah. with Claire. I mean, it's no like brain. <laughs> no, it's just it's it's weird. It seems extreme. Yes, it does. <laughs> Teenagers these days, man. No respect for their elders. And of course, Claire appropriately is freaking the fuck out. Yeah, she's all freaked out by this. Uh, Emily kind of senses that something's amiss, so she comes over to Claire, and she's like, Claire, are you okay? And Claire's like, I'm fine. And Allison's there, too. She's just staring daggers at Addison's posse of mean girls there, and Allie's like, is Addison bullying you? And Claire's just like, she's not. I'm fine. I'm just late for class. Like, obviously, it's like scared to even talk to these girls. Uh, so the bell rings, and Claire runs away. Emily and Allison are just watching Addison and her group, uh, but something far worse is coming their way. That ominous tap, tap, tapping, the fucking Jenna thing makes she's her a, appearance. She's the fourth horse person of the apocalypse, the pale blind writer. <laughs> I am become deaf, bringer of shade. Jenna parks herself right in front of Addison and she says, Addison, is that you? You should get to class. That was the last bell. And Addison's like, some of us can see and hear. And Jenna thing's like, so go now. And Addison's like, yes, ma'am. And then like she like giggles with all her like little bitches there. And she like shushes them all like, ooh, we're going to play a little joke on Jenna and pretend that we left. Uh, and so then she weighs a hand in front of Jenna's face. And Jenna just like reaches out and snatches her arm and grabs it. And Addison's shook at this. Uh, Jenna thing says, I may not be able to see, but I can smell a bitch a mile away. <laughs> Professional educators right here tax dollars yeah and these girls are all freaked out so they just like slink away like oh jenna thing's scary i feel like you wouldn't fuck with jenna thing like how long has she been working here yeah you not know? long like is I this would, her first day because otherwise you should know better i would zoinks the fuck out of here after this but like what is up with jenna's education because she was changing schools like all willy-nilly throughout high school depending on like who was lighting her on fire or drowning her she or seems like a resourceful person though i feel like even homeschooled she'd do fine for herself you know she's actually like dr marshall yeah. now <laughs> dr jenna marshall uh and so jenna thing uh kind of you know just her 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 scary presence forces these girls to run away and uh Allie and emily are just like watching this jenna thing walks slowly past them and she's like and i thought you used to be the mean girl Allie just like kind of watches her go wistful and she's like <sighs> I'm sure she makes a kiss, kick-ass life skills teacher, but she still creeps me out. But you feel like these two should have like buried the hatchet a bit more or something. Like in a teenager's it's, back, it's like nine years later, and they still kind of hate each other. Like they haven't really gotten past it. They're just you know kind of like at least not trying to kill each other anymore. I feel like if only somebody I don't know a professional, maybe somebody with a master's degree, were to come in and be like. The only thing the advantage you have over A, yeah, is that you could forgive. Well, she's gonna make a make a call later in the episode. It makes sense that she would call Toby, but like, what if she had called Allie or something? You know, just some kind of moment between the two of them. I feel like we we kind of missed out on that. Well, let me ask you a question. This episode, what if Allison wasn't in it at all? Burn. But I mean. I dare to oh, say you, you don't get the proposal basically you're, you're that's the the storyline you miss what out if on. she wasn't in 7b at all or what are you proposing that she died no no but i'm just saying she brings you nothing 
Well, no, it's basically her. her other than Emily's her happy ending, is the romance basically. Yeah, other than yeah. Emily's happy ending and the babies, which. Uh... Yeah, no, I mean that's her plot line. You know, romance with Emily, and she's a lucky recipient to some children she didn't want. Yeah, which is great considering she's also an educator. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, we well, got to the real quick. Jenna's a life skills teacher. What, what life skills is she teaching? Like how to spell blood and fear, horse riding, knife juggling, how to how to aim a gun by like echolocation, <laughs> which she wasn't great at. Yeah. Remember when she stepped over her lover's di- <laughs> severed head, <laughs> taking someone's pulse when you shake their hand to see if they're nervous? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like she should totally be dating Peter Hastings right now. I think that would be a great twist of like the conversation she has with Veronica later. Veronica's like, yeah, I'll take your case, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we're going to cut to what Luke, used to be Lucas's loft. Mm. Looking in through the window at Hannah, she's like working on some fashion stuff on like a little dress dummy. Caleb's just standing behind her bitching. He's going to do a lot of fucking bitching in this episode. Seriously. Um. So Caleb's just like, we stayed in Rosewood for her and I supported that. You spent countless nights visiting her and I supported that too. And Hannah's like, Caleb, it's not for attorney. It's just until she finishes therapy. How long is that going to be? So just then, like, Hannah's cell phone beeps, checks her cell phone. It's a message. She's like, it's Welby. They just dropped off Mona. She's on her way up. He's, like, shaking his head in the background. Does Welby just drop off patients without someone meeting for them, signing for them? Is there, like, mental health Uber? I hope so. Um, so Caleb's like, we were doing so well, Hannah, with your designs taken off and me selling my software to Lucas and saving him from bankruptcy, apparently. Everybody got that. <laughs> we like, bought the loft. Where is Lucas getting the money to buy Caleb's software? Well, I think we got an answer to a question. They must have done a lunch. Well, it's like Lucas gives Caleb a bunch of money for his software. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb gives it right back to him for the loft. And Lucas is like, thanks. I needed that. <laughs> I, well, I couldn't afford that. Actually, But that, that's macro. Micro, the lunch. Caleb's like, all right, so you're pitching me, so you're you're picking this up. And Lucas as well, like, really, you're the one who needs the uh, the account. So I thought you might pick it up. So we're going Dutch? Lucas is like, yeah, we're going Dutch. Also, could you pick me up? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, they bought the law. There's a knock on the door. Caleb's like, I'm going to get ready for the party. And he's like, you're not even going to say hello? And he straight up gives her this bitch please look. I I do not particularly like Caleb in this episode. I know um, he's gotten some defense in, in other areas, but mm. I, I feel like mm. he's just being a dick through the whole episode. He is at his most jubilant. He's his happiest in this episode. I think at the prospect of like Emerson going off to have like motel room sex. Yeah. Like that's when he like I mean I I wakes get up. I get him disagreeing about the Mona situation, but his tone is just so bitchy. Yeah. Um it's like he's not even making an effort to be nice anymore. Well, as somebody put it on Twitter, it's like, wake the fuck up, Caleb. This is a package deal, and you knew that from the get-go. I know. There's not been a moment from season one you didn't know this was a package deal. Yeah, so anyway, Hannah makes some Hannah faces, and she goes over and opens the door. It's Mona! Mm-hmm. Pause for applause. Mona looks maybe a little more vulnerable and nervous than usual, and she says, hi, I was getting worried. I thought maybe you changed your mind. And Hannah's like, no, no, of course not. So Mona wheels her little suitcase in and Hannah shuts the door. They hug and Mona puts her purse down. She's obviously very nervous about making a good impression. And she says, so how do you feel about Thai takeout for dinner? 
And Hannah's like, oh, Mona, we had the bachelor bachelorette party tonight. How could you look at the screen? I know. How could you hate her? What a nice girl. Just, just capture that. Just capture that. Just, beautiful just calm down. Just there. capture that beautiful image right there. My keyboard's not handy. <laughs> it's literally on the other side of your laptop. Yeah. So, yeah. And it says, I told you, you remember? And Mona's kind of embarrassed that she forgot, but she tries to play cool. And she's like, I'm sorry. Um, with the meds, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. Uh, she's on some adrenalized hyper reality suppressors right now, I guess. <laughs> Which are placebos. Also, this is kind of poor planning. I don't care about the bachelor bachelorette party. Like, if you were taking responsibility for this woman who's on a precarious journey of recovery, like, don't blow her off night Bring one. Bring her along. I feel yeah. like she's got a right to be there. Don't blow she's her off. She's been very involved one. in Arya and Ezra's relationship. Oh my God, at the end when everyone pairs off and it's just Spencer and Toby and Mona. Yeah. Yeah. Toby's like, let's do this. <laughs> I am down. This is fan service. Uh, so. You're going to enjoy this, Mona. I'm going to have to just try to enjoy it a little bit more. <laughs> and it takes her Mona's hand to reassure her. And she's like, you're getting better, Mona. And Mona's like, yeah. And she kind of puts on a braver, happier face. And she walks over to the TV and she says, yeah, you know, I'll be fine by myself. Just show me how to work the TV and point me in the direction of the all-day game channel. She kind of grabs a remote and flops down in a chair, flipping on the TV. Trigger. And it's trying to smile, but you can see she's got some anxiety about all this. I don't know why they're being so squirrely about Mona. Like, so she had a relapse into hyper reality. That's happened before. She'll get better. She's better now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more issue paid to the kind of sort of dangling Hannah out of the bell tower and not as much to like when she murdered Charlotte. Yeah, whatever. Granted, self defense and a crime of passion. I like when those two combine. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so Hannah tries to smile, and uh, we hear the click on the TV as the man on TV says, "Like that's all right. That was a that was a good guess." So we cut inside to the new Lostwood Resort. This is the uh, one of the preview scenes you saw. Spencer and Allison have led Ari and Ezra in for a tour. Check out that wine rack in the bathroom back room there. That is intense, and that is like presumably for the guests. I. Yeah, I don't know what is that. Is that like this a is like a desk? lobby kind of? Yeah, it's like a lobby slash. But it's also like room. a. It's kind of like a lodge. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if anyone can go get a bottle of wine or or what the deal with that is. This collection of wine, I'm going to guess, is probably worth more than this fucking whole motel <laughs> was before it was given to them. Yeah. So Ezra, we hear him talking. He's like, "Wow, I would not have ne never known that this was the Lost Woods Resort." <laughs> And Arya says, Spencer researched the history and philosophy of all the great camps at the Adirondacks. And Ezra just finds this all fucking adorable. He's like, oh, of course you did. Because he's a con uh, condescending ass. Uh, and then we see Allison and Spencer here. They're kind of cuddling together. So proud of their accomplishments. Also, their first cousins. Mm -hmm. um, how many jobs do these two have? Allison's like a full-time teacher. Like, I, is she just like coming here during like the summer break? Like well, swing a hammer, like when she's not popping out kids. Like, what's going on? Well, full time teacher, full time mom, in a committed relationship with Emily. Hospitality like, management. Well, like, what's her? So her money's all gone, right? Yes. Unless yeah, Jason's we, forensic accountant like dug it up. So, what is she really contributing this to fucking this fucking town? That guy stole all my money. <laughs> Turns out the forensic accountant I hired was Noel Khan. 
That was a bad move. That's how you don't become head of the accounting firm. Uh, Toby, we're not so much here to rebuild the well in the Karambe, but beg for money. Um, would you Toby, like me, we're going to go back and build some uh, housing for the homeless in Philly, mostly just for us. <laughs> Can you build me a tiny house, like a tiny, tiny house, Toby? Um, also, whatever kind of frou-frou crowd are you trying to attract off the beaten half here? Like, would you keep the name? I mean, unless you're trying to appeal to, like, murder tourism? I guess. Lost Woods works. Because you had to, like, drive for an hour to get here. <laughs> like, the only thing nearby is, like, a random airfield, apparently. Yeah. So, <laughs> also, Arya's fashion. For a portion of this episode, Arya is dressed like she's taken a break from following the Grateful Dead and she's about to chuck her fiance into the Wicker Man. She's got like a mustard dress. It's all kind of like flowy sleeves and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of peasant look. Like a, uh, like a Roma peasant. Yeah. Um, also, Spencer's wearing her version of an Arya cocktail for unit dress. There's like a skirt of strips on it that says like things like fantastic and emotions. It was a little distracting because this weird dress that Spencer's wearing has like really short sleeves, mm-hmm. which kind of looks like Twinter's attire. Like if it's just from the waist up, you know, how does it look like Twinter's attire? Well, it's, from here, like we can't really see too well. It just looks like she's wearing a black T-shirt. OK, right. Well, except for that lacy thing. Uh, and the sure. Collar. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, granted, we're clearly experts on women's fashion. We've only been doing this podcast for God, it's been five years. It has been. Well, I don't know. I can look up the exact time later. Uh, anyway, Ezra finds this all adorable. Blah, blah, blah. Arya says, have you told Mary? And Ali says, we decided that when we're both ready, we'll tell her together. Tell her what exactly? Like that they fixed her shithole up. For, like, <laughs> I don't think Mary cares. She gave it to them to sell for legal fees. Like she only lived there for like a month or well, something. We dumped a shithole, shit ton of money into that bill you left us with. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then Emily comes bounding into the room, really excited about something. She says, okay, you can come out now. And Arya's like, all right, so what's this big surprise? And Ali's like, wait for it. Allison, when, like, they should have dubbed in also the voice of I, Marlene King at the yeah. same time, like Mona's snow globe dream. Wait for it. Well, uh, at, the, at the end of all these scenes, I, I stop and wonder to myself, could you have begun the episode here? You know? Like, yeah. How many of these scenes could we just lose? Well, and, and like you're like like would you be missing anything? I feel like the answer is like yes, you could lose it, and no, you really wouldn't be missing much. I think to me, Iron Marlon King's like strength has always been as a as a screenwriter, like more so than like a teleplay writer, is that she's always really good about knowing that you can jump into the story at a certain point. And you, you can skip out a lot of the intro bullshit. And I think that's like an amateur move of a lot of writers is they think I have to have all these scenes that set up things. Well, and yeah, then, in this episode, we have like a half hour of throat clearing. Exactly. Exactly. But like a, a good writer would be like, you know what? You can just jump right here to like end of act one and that's the start of your story. But then her problem becomes like the uh, the ending pacing. But also I want to point out that on the doors, there's even like on the glass etched in Lost Woods Resort like branding. Oh, yeah. Like all my so much fucking shit has gone into this. <laughs> Dumped a lot of money into this. Yeah. Um, so Ari and Ezra head outside. The others have set up like an outside dinner party thing, like play settings and like string hanging lights. It gives us a better view of the redone exterior losses resort. It's nice. It looks like it's almost on a sound stage. It's it's a big improvement for the Lost Woods Resort. Too bad no one will visit except for <laughs> Mona, but uh we have a, a policy against people hanging lots of like stalker photos on yeah. the walls. 
So uh, then we, everyone says, surprise, as Ari and Ezra come out, because everyone's here. Emily, Hannah, Caleb, and Toby have showed up. Basically, the ships. Mm-hmm. Sadly, no Mona. Mm-hmm. And Ari and Ezra are just overcome by this. And Ari's like, you guys, oh, it's beautiful. And then Ezra to the bros is like, I thought we were going to have a kegger. And Toby's like, ah, oh, me too. Caleb's <laughs> I, like, I've developed a drinking problem, by the way. Caleb's like lulling at this. He's like, my vote got shot down. And it says, well, since we can't go with you on your honeymoon, and Spencer's like, because that would be weird, but fascinating. <laughs> and he says, we thought we'd spend the night in Provence with you guys. And Allie says, we're just jealous that you're going to France and we're not. Man, denied their storybook ending there, yeah. Allie and Emily. Well, kids will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. Uh, so they all go take their places at the table and then cut back to the Haleb loft. I just picture Spencer on the honeymoon with them. Like this beautiful, like sex scene in the hotel room with the Eiffel Tower out the window. We pan over to Spencer just watching. And she's like, Yes, make human love. Like a little notepad. Yeah. Maybe that's Alex, not Spencer. She's also drawing it. (laughs) It's weird to call this the Halo Loft. I've been calling it Lucas's Loft forever. I know. It's weird. Did they just not want to move? It's not a bad. The, the two of the kind girls are joking about that. It's like moving's a pain in the ass. Like let's just buy this place. Can you imagine like Ezra's backhanded comments? Like, well, sure, I'll just ruin my whole weekend and take time off and help you guys. <laughs> what could I have been doing instead? Hand gesturing. Um. So yeah, at their loft, the game show channels on playing the lamest ripoff of Price is Right slash Wheels Fortune ever. It's literally a wheel with photos taped onto it that's spinning around. I, I, I mean, this is fake, I assume, right? I just... Or it's like just like some knockoff shit. Anyway, the, the camera is panning around the room as the host is like, this Italian city off the coast of Venice is known for its glassmaking. And the contestant's like, Murano. And the host is like, yes, oh my God. Uh, so the camera pans around to show us the kitchen and show us like, oh, there's that high back chair that Mona was in and now it's gone. It's empty. Oh shit, Mona's gone. Dun dun dun. But yeah, I really do think this might be the two voice actors, the man and the woman who could be. Are every phone call, every loudspeaker announcement. Um, I'd like someone to confirm that, please. So yeah, at the pre-wedding mad tea party outside like the Lost Woods Resort. Bachelor Bachelorette party. Uh, I guess. Uh, Not a fan. Christmas orgy part two. I mean, it almost gets there. Yeah, so <laughs> through the bushes, we get some you know, killer cam watching all this merriment. Um, yeah, someone's watching. So on one side of the table, we have Spencer, Aria, Ezra, and Toby. In that order. So In that order. Spencer and Toby are split up. I wonder how that came about. I would like, like to really talk about, okay, not Alex, Spencer and Toby at the end of this. Oh, sure. Because all of the romance. We'll get there in five yeah. hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, who who do you think made that happen was it just like let's put Ari and Ezra in the middle because they're the couple right of of honor or was either Spencer or Toby like strategically all sit over here no I think I think Ari and Ezra sat down I think Toby kept angling to sit next to Spencer and like everyone else took a seat think, and finally Toby is like Ezra totally cockblocked him no I think no one even noticed and poor Ooh. Toby who like is trying to remember how to walk straight because yeah. he's had five Five Miller High Lives, four, five champagnes of beers to walk over here. I feel like he's like like Toby on gummy bears constantly now, you know. <laughs> I started walking from New York a year ago. I got lost a lot. Like at some point, like he uh, maybe was like he's like trapped with no oxygen or something and like just like minor brain damage occurred. 
What do you mean, like back in high school? Yes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the the other ships are on the other side there. Toby's talking to Ezra, and he's like, "So, are you nervous?" And Ezra's like, "About being married? No." And Caleb's just like, "I think he means if you're nervous about getting married." <laughs> and Arya's face is just like, "Duh, Ezra." And Ezra's like, should I be? And Ari kind of laughs nervously at that. And Kale's just like, I mean, we didn't just elope because we thought Hannah was going to prison. And Hannah kind of looks over at this. She's like, uh, that's exactly why we eloped. And Kale's just like, it was a joke, Hannah, bitch. I mean, that's basically his tone here. He's yeah. just like, like, man, it is chilly between the two of them right now. I really wanted them to reveal that Caleb and Spencer have been having an affair this past year. These two will be divorced within a year. Oh, I feel like. for sure. And that poor, poor fucking baby Caleb. Um, so Ezra's like, well, it's no secret. Ari knows I'm more excited for the honeymoon than the wedding. <laughs> High five, bros. And everyone laughs, including Emerson, who make sex giggles. I mean, at they each might other. as well just be like, woo. I'm surprised that like Toby doesn't make a ring with one hand. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. Like two <laughs> fingers, that he just ramps into it with the other again and again and again. Toby's become like Kevin on the office where he's like just flanderized. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I talk like Cookie Monster. Oh my god, if that guy came in and played Toby for one scene. There you go. I am in a police cover band called Scrantonicity. Um, so Ezra's like, well, no, I uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But yes, there is. <laughs> there is that. And then Karma steps in, and we hear the sound of several women screaming in the distance and Very maybe a faint splash. Thematically appropriate, yeah. yeah. Or he's like, what was that? And Spencer's just like, Christians. Casually, over her glass of wine. Yeah. And Allie's like, yeah, there is a church camp across the lake. Then we hear more women like screaming and some splashing off in the woods somewhere. And Spencer's just like noisy Christians. I get that a lot. Fucking noisy Christians. So he's like, so what are you guys planning for your honeymoon? Or he's like, all I know is that I need to pack for the south of France. And I was just like, mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? Like no bikini top? Uh, <laughs> Aria, why don't you turn that uh, one piece or uh, that two piece into a one piece? If you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so Ari's like, Ezra put me in charge of the wedding, so he took charge of the honeymoon. Ugh, run. And he promised me a surprise for every single year that we've known each other. Surprise! <laughs> it's the goddamn Tuscan villainy I've been whining about the whole time. Yeah, surprise. I'm going to fucking enjoy it. <laughs> but Hannah's like, that is so romantic. And she glances over at Caleb then. and she's Just like, to pour some ice water out, yeah. Well, then she, she adds in, we never took a honeymoon. And Caleb just like shakes his head a little as he holds his glass. And Spencer knows, because of course she does. I, these two might not make it to past the Ezra honeymoon. Like, like this is some before midnight shit, like marital angst happening right now. Yeah. Listen, I'm a time traveler from the future telling you you should have stayed with this dumb shit hacker guy. <laughs> um, oh my God, I would love the Caleb third act to before midnight. Oh yeah. That would be awesome they're shouting each other in the room <laughs> i mean we we kind of get a little bit of that uh so spencer notices uh this because of course she does so she's gonna save the day by uh, raising her glass of toast and she says leave the more and ezra's like hmm and toby's like to love <laughs> even though i can no longer experience love or human emotions i lack or the mental capacity <laughs> uh and kale's just like here here to love and Toby guffaws at this, and they all raise their glasses. We get like an overhead shot of all the wine goblets clinking together, the red and the white. Mm. I think Spencer's got the white, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Her and Arya. And, and Ezra. And right? Ezra. Interesting. 
see Toby's is the most empty glass there. Just saying. I have been slamming wine, well, since before I got here. <laughs> I am fortified. <laughs> so everyone's drinking and laughing, and then we go back to the, you know, the killer cam watching through the bushes, and we kind of pan over. Oh no, there's a black hoodie watching them. And the black hoodie turns around and it's Melissa Hastings. Bum, 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 bum. And if you really thought Melissa was A at this point, I just don't know what to tell you. Yeah, or that A was going to be revealed at this point. I feel like this is uh, almost just to like stick it to the Charlissa stands. Hey, you guys, so many of you wanted to see Melissa in a hoodie. Here you are. Enjoy this for 10 seconds. I went back and read some of the forums of like, see what the stands thought as this episode is going on. And it's it's a fucking death march, man. It's brutal. Nice. It's just like just holding out hope till the very end. No, oh, at the last minute, Melissa's going to show up and she'll be the, the mastermind of all this. Nice. Nope. Yeah, but I like how you brought up a good point. One does not show up unfortified to the hotel of Hastings. Was <laughs> um, it just Hastings Hotel? So they're taking a photo in front of the sign, and uh, someone's like, Allison, could you step over two feet to the left? Ooh, no, man. two feet more. No, two feet more. No, I mean, what if they just more? embraced now just get in your it. car and drive home? What if they just embraced the the murder cabin vibe of it? I'm telling it you, like, murder tourism. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah, they have a like a, a script and actors and everything. Well, like what if just like on the carpet of one of the cabins, there's just blood stains. <laughs> yeah. So later after commercial, the party has moved over to a fire pit. This seems like a pretty chill little area. All that I like to have some some serious scotch and hang out here. Also, I noticed that Arya's little pendant is a star. It's probably how she. Caresses it, says the arcane words, and then Picchuni appears in the fire. I think there's a little space there for Ezra, if you know what I mean. Ooh, ooh. So yeah, they're all uh, they're having their serious scotch and their tumblers and talking around the fire pit. Ari's in the middle of the story. She says, "Yeah, things definitely got a little tense when her mother started discussing the seating chart." Ha ha ha! Wedding jokes. And Ezra's like, "Tense." Uh, my mother almost threw a centerpiece at Ella's head. Hmm. Everyone laughs at this, and Ari's like, no, Diane said that she knocked it across the room by accident, and I, for one, I believe her. And Hannah is pretty not feeling this whole story right now. She's just kind of like glum. She can't, she has no wedding stories to tell. Spencer notices this, and she looks over and like just sees how like pissy and grumpy Caleb looks. And so it's time for her to do something about it. She's going she's gonna to jump in. She says, uh, does anybody else want a drink, Hannah? And Hannah holds up her drink. She's like, oh, no, I'm good, thanks. And Spencer says, I could use your help. And Hannah's like, how many people does it take to make a mojito? And Spencer's like, two. <laughs> Which is just smooth as fuck. Mm. Man, that, that Hastings upbringing there really paying off. Which is funny. If you look at this scene chart, though, it is Ezra, Caleb, and Toby throwing it down together in their little oh, yeah. corner. Yeah. Yeah, the couples aren't even together there. I mean, except for Allison and Emily. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I guess Ari and Ezra too. Yeah, um, yeah. So Hannah follows Spencer over to like the drink cart or whatever, and Spencer's like pouring over another drink. So I'm just like, "What's going on? You and Caleb are sitting so far apart that you could be in different time zones." Hannah's like, "Mona's living with us. I'm her sponsor." And Spencer's like, "What? Kinky? Why else would? Why would you do that?" And it's like, "She doesn't have anyone else." So she's like, "I'm not trying to take Caleb's side here, but," and Hannah's like, "Then don't." I'm the one who made her play the game. I shouldn't have done that. So she's like, Hannah, do you know the Greek myth about the girl who tried to escape from hell? There's only one rule. You don't look back. And Hannah's like, no, nah, it's like point taken. So Spencer hands her like a fresh drink. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, but everyone who thinks that they shouldn't be taking care of Mona, you're wrong. Yeah. 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 Don't side of Caleb. 
don't ever side of Caleb here. Like Caleb's let us down. Um, it's just funnier though. She's giving her pep talk in her like fantastic emotions dress. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they return to the group just in time because Ezra, the man of letters and wits, he's holding court. He says, but seriously though, you have to screen cap that just because of his. I'm not screen capping. <laughs> My keyboard is not in here. Uh, after all this, the group is uh, after all the group has been through. I don't think marriage is going to be that hard. This guy's just like whistling past a graveyard, <laughs> and Ellie says that's because you haven't had kids yet. I mean, this is our first time out in months. And Ellie's like, exactly, which is why you and I should go back to our room, if you know what I mean. And Emily just makes some like sex anticipation eyebrows at her, and now it's just like good night. So yeah, these two stand to take take hands to leave. They're off to have some chaste eight p.m. Basic cable lesbian <laughs> sex, if you could even call it that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they're basically just gonna like lay next to each other and play footsies, uh-huh. like sensually. Um, Caleb is smiling and nodding his head, digging it like he is more into this than he's ever been into anything. He's just like subtle, wow. <laughs> Ezra leans over and uh, whispers sweet nothings in Arya's ear right now. Meanwhile, Hannah's cell phone beeps. He's like, Remind me to tell you that time when I was in Iceland <laughs> composing a sonnet. And uh, I don't know, some girls kissed or something. Yeah, her phone beeps like like an alarm is going off, perhaps. Like uh, she's got some timer set and she checks it and looks at Caleb and she's like, uh, babe, we should go too. And Caleb is basically just like, fucking great. It's ovulation hour. Peace out, my dudes. It's time to make a donation at the baby bank. One batch of jam coming right up. So they walk oh, off. Geez, Peter, I think. Ezria is going to take this moment to bow out as well. Or he's like, uh, guys, yeah, we're we're going. Yeah, calling it a night. Good night. So they take off. It's just Spencer and Toby now. They're sitting in chairs around the fire pit. As much as we make fun of Toby, I do feel like these two might have the best natural chemistry. Mm. Uh, it's, um, well. Oh, go, go. I on. mean, it's, it's, it's Troyan. So, yeah. This could be a tree trunk that she's That's like flirting with. That's true. And I'd be like, I ship this so hard. But I feel like they, I mean, we'll get to it. But I feel like they write their relationship maybe a little more mature than the others. By half. Yeah. Because um, it's, you know, it's late. It's just the two of them. They're kind of just feeling the moment here. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of sit there appreciating it. Finally, Toby's going to speak up. He's like, you tired? And Spencer's like, no, not really. And he's like, how is that possible? You're a partner at your mother's law firm. And she says, as a paralegal. And he says, and you're going to law school full time. Meanwhile, I'm a hobo. And they just sit there and kind of heats rise between them. Finally, Spencer's going to take it, take it across the finish line. She says, you want to take me back to your room? And she looks at him. He at her. And oh, yeah, it's business time. We pan away to Spencer lying on a bed. She's still in her dress. She's smiling almost orgasmically happy right now about something and she says i can't believe you still got it uh, but it's not a spoby bone they're just playing scrabble on a motel room bed mm-hmm. and she says how many points is squeegee yeah squeegee and he just chuckles and he's like you don't even want to know i looked it up that actually is in the scrabble dictionary hmm. how many points is it i don't know it depends on how you play it and whatnot hmm. i mean you'd get the First of all, it's eight letters, so you must be getting the seven-letter bonus and whatnot. So, do you remember what was the big word in that episode in season one by which he... Uh, Glyceraldehyde? Nice. <laughs> like, who do you think you're talking to right now? 
I, I, uh, never more so than now do I agree when PLL's buried in the uh, tomb. <laughs> we should probably be buried along with it. <laughs> yeah, that's coming right up. So, yes, Toby says you don't want to know. And Spencer's just like, no. And they both laugh. Toby's sitting on the other end of the bed. He's like marking down the score. And then the kind of moment fades. So he's going to change the subject. He says, you seem good. And Spencer says, yeah, I am. Lisa and I are finally getting along. My mom and I are so close. And it's real and it's solid. And I never knew how badly I wanted that until I had it. And he nods. He's happy for her. And Spencer's like, yeah. And she lays out her next word, QAT. And Toby's just like, mm, QAT. Spencer says, it's the leaves of a shrub that you chew like tobacco. And he kind of taps his pencil on a pad. Like, he should have known with her that she'd be like this. And he's like, okay. Mm, still reading the dictionary for fun. And she just smirks at him. Nice line, Tobe. But I, I like this scene. Like, I like that they didn't just hop in bed. Yeah. It makes their relationship feel a little bit more layered. Yeah, even though the tassel hanging off her dress facing him says romantic on it. Um, well, it kind of feels like these are two people who actually enjoy each other's company. Friends. Like, like I feel like the other ships have missed out on that a little bit in the last few seasons. Or like, or when, when they have a romantic scene, it's just like it has to end in kissing or something. They can't just like live, you right. know, and like just like hang out together. I, my argument is that there really isn't a lot in the finale that indicates a romantic conclusion for actual Spoby. No, I think we're going to see that in just a moment, but for actual Spoby? For actual Spoby. Yeah, I mean I guess maybe we can debate about when who who we're seeing when, but no, I I feel like they're they're slowly rekindling here. So then the episode's like, let's get to fucking. Yeah. There's a fuck montage. There's there's a, a fucking s- montage of sorts. Yes, a song starts coming on which will combine classy piano with 80s sex jazz saxophone. I feel like they should have just gone all out and like paid the money for that like genuine My Pony song or something, you know? <laughs> just own it. <laughs> I'm trying to picture Ezra fucking to genuine. Oh, I started the though. fucking the genuine craze. So, I'm also 10 years older than all of you. Yeah, we've got some Arya and Ezra fucking. They're under the sheets. They're kissing. They're rolling around a lot. They're rolling around. She does her like finishing move where she like gets up and straddles and barebacked and then like pulls a sheet over them and bat giggles. Wings. Yeah, that's that's Arya's move there. That's her. This is her white wedding bat wings though because it's white sheets this time. Yeah, there's some giggling. There's like audible giggling too. Uh-huh. Um, then speaking of giggling, it's Emerson. They're doing some lady fucking, which on PLL means you just kiss under some sheets and maybe occasionally rub your legs together. Yeah. It's it's really weird to think that like Willow and Tara 15 years ago was racier than this. Yeah. Uh, I so, mean, I get that not all sex is penetrative sex, but like, I don't know. My idea of sex still isn't like, I'm going to rub my big toe on your calf. Would it be that hard for them to kiss and make out? And then just one of them, you know, heads down South and you fade away. That, that's how they did it with Willow and Tara long ago. Or you're telling me that you can't even do like the same move where like Emily does the bat wings while straddling. Sure. <laughs> uh, anyway. Allie stops the proceedings. She's smiling, but she kind of has a serious look on her face. And Emily's like, everything okay? And Allie says, you know that I'm here for you, right? And Emily's like, what? And Allie says, I just wanted you to know that you'll always have a family, even if your mom dies of cancer. And Emily says... Why are you getting so sentimental all of a sudden? 
he's like, because Pam is fucking dying. And she says, I don't know. I'll stop. And Emily's like, yeah, please. I'm trying to create a vibe here. And it's definitely not sweet. Now they last and they go back to their very cast, you know, chasta, quote unquote, sex that they're having here. I mean, at one point, one of them gets to actually caress another's thighs. There's some like squeezing of thigh. Yeah. 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 But what the what what the fuck? And, and then to get really sexy, we're going to cut to another disheveled bed where we pan across the show. Hannah, she's uh, seemingly naked under a sheet. She's just rubbing her temples like she's got a little bit of a headache right now. By the way. We're not even 20 minutes into the episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's been an hour and a half. This is great. Uh, so then we hear uh, Caleb off screen. He's like, so have you made any other major life decisions that might affect me? Or should I just wait to be surprised? And he has frustrations rise. She kind of drops her fingers from her temples. The, the psychic connection to her ovaries has been broken. Uh, we see she's naked under a sheet. She looks over at Caleb, who's just like, standing elsewhere like fully dressed Mm -hmm. and she's like can we not do this right now you're stressing me out and it's bad for my body (laughs) but kayla's all business he's like we need to talk about this well there's like the time bro yeah well there's like there's like blake edwards-esque comedic timing as we cut over to hannah like feet up on the wall of the bed this ridiculous pose you know like help the sperm use gravity to find its way deeper inside of her and it's just fucking hilarious Like, like ass to the headboard and everything and he's like now fully dressed. Like he might as well be like Peter goddamn Sellers in the scene or something or Dudley Moore. Um, yeah, she's like, well, can it wait a half hour? I'm trying to get pregnant. And he's like, that is exactly why we need to talk about this now. And she's like, fine, talk, but can you do it at a low volume? You're scaring my ovaries. Stop scaring Hannah's ovaries, Caleb. Hannah's ovaries know what? Never mind. Yeah, they know what Hannah means. <laughs> uh, so he comes over and sits on the edge of the bed. And he's like, Hannah. I'm a passenger in our marriage. And Hannah's like, that is not true. And he's like, well, it feels like it. With Sylvia Plath as our new roommate, and even my sex drive is dictated by your ovulation app. And Hannah's like, hold on. Mona and trying to have a baby are two very different things. Not in my world. Caleb's like, maybe they're not. <sighs> I mean, I don't care. How, I, if you don't care how I feel about one, then maybe you're not ready for the other. And Hannah just like stares at the ceiling like she she doesn't have time for the shit. I mean, ouch, right? Yeah. Well, can I posit a theory that they were both going at it and actually having sex that involved genitals, unlike the poor Emerson relationship? Maybe if they uh, included a little Mona talk into the oh. uh, the sex. You know what I mean? Like if they insynchronized, fill up each other's coffee cups. You know what I'm talking about. Well, Caleb, Caleb here. Wink. I, I get that he has his concerns and all. Hannah can be a little bossy and obstinate, but like, how fucking short is your refractory period, dude? You're like just ready to argue again. You made your deposit and you're back to bitching and moaning. Well, not just that. He's, uh, you know, basically done his business. He did some hand stuff. He did some whole work. And he's like, you know what I need to do right now? I need to get fully fucking dressed and have it out with you. <laughs> I know. Uh, so are you going for a walk <laughs> I mean this whole baby enterprise really comes across as like a classic like we need to have a baby to save the marriage move you know yeah like these two should be in couples counseling right now meanwhile Spencer's like I'm glad I put cameras in every room yeah all that said like I'm at least enjoying this storyline like there's conflict here there's some drama yeah it's it's uncomfortable but in a good way I feel like you're just like wow this is, wow. things didn't work out too well for Caleb yeah marriage is the first or the first year is hardest for marriage but also like is I'm Marley King going to do like a sex comedy right after this? I don't know. <laughs> so then it's night. It's in Ezra's room. 
uh, on the, it's a little bit later on the night. I mean, I, I, I just want to throw out and this isn't like a hard and fast rule or anything, but like you probably shouldn't be yelling at your lady while your sperm is still inside her, you know, like just chill maybe for a little while. Well, that's just goes against the whole lifetime of what the brotherhood's been doing. Yeah. It's almost like you're anti-patriarchy here, bro. Mm. Um, so in Ezra's room, it's a little bit later on the nightstand. Arya's cell phone starts vibrating for a call and Arya reaches over to check it. She answers it and she slips out of bed. She's like, hello? When she's out of the frame, we see that Ezra's like just like sleeping the way in the bed behind her. So Arya's walking around inside that like common room lobby area of the Lost Woods we saw earlier. She's still talking on her phone. She's like, are you sure? Oh. She passes by a window. From outside the window, we see the reflection of Black Hoodie Melissa's watching us and she stops and turns back to us. Like this big sinister grin on her face. I just want you to think about how tall Melissa Hastings is and how short other people are. The camera has to like pan up to her, yeah. But like, and later on, were this to be like a mask or something? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I, I mean, on the one hand, all this Melissa stuff is, it's kind of a cheap red herring. But on the other hand, I feel like no one is more deserving of getting their chain yanked than the Melissa stands. So I kind of enjoying it. Let's talk about how you have declared this subtle war against the Charlissa and the uh, what's the what's the name I you did hate? Not, I did not declare a war. What's the name I hate? Twinter? No, no, no. You we don't. Twin. We don't say the other name because that's, that's, that's what it's all about for you. It's about like you wanted to burn somebody on Reddit. I had no truck with Melissa at all, but for some reason, oh, no, 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 for no. some reason, he can't just be a, a Charlissa theorist. He had to like attack Troyan and like tear her down and say she's a terrible actor, like because it in- interferes with your theory. Like that's what I'm not about. Like I don't, I don't, I, I'm not into like just trashing, you know, one actor because you prefer another. That's a good sidestep of the point I was making. Okay. Um, Look, it's Twinter. Twinter one. Okay. They they said Twinter. So you're, you're writing the history book. Is your point? They said Twinter on like the after show, or whatever. Like Troy said in an interview, Twinter is real. It's the hashtag. I won. Sorry, Reddit, you lost. That's what this has all been about, folks. Mm-hmm. That's what you've been raising up. <laughs> uh, so back in Toby's oh, room. Real, real quick. We're going to find out later that Arya's on the phone with her doctor. What fucking doctor calls you in like t- three in the morning? <laughs> what is going on? Well, her file says call me anytime. And <laughs> for some reason, I'm still working. So. Okay. So we're going to go back to uh, Toby's room here. Now, are you positing that this is not Spencer? No, I think this is Spencer, but I think from this point on, I especially got this vibe that they wanted you to go back and like be a little like, oh, hey, this could have been. There is, else. A, I mean, there is like a little plane with that. Yeah. Every single scene from this point on, though, they they write as if it could be either Spencer or Alex. Eh, maybe a little. I mean, they want you to be questioning it, but Spencer comes into the. She, I don't know, went to take a dump or something. Comes out of the bathroom. Toby's asleep on the bed next to the Scrabble board. Um, she pulled the toby yeah she dropped the toby in the yeah, toilet um also did you know there actually are people who write us to tell us that they don't watch the show anymore they just listen to the podcast i think uh that's cool I which like is it. cool but i feel bad for you because we keep going to be like alex this alex that <laughs> eh, they'll catch up yeah they'll get it um hey it's it's a seven hour podcast you uh you gotta take some shots <laughs> pink's glitter in the air starts playing um which is a song i've heard i didn't know this is pink though i feel like they probably had to drop a little money for this right you would think it's popular yeah i mean pink i would think it's no without you money i had a a thing i want to talk about the end maybe just put this in the back of your mind right now what's the best pll needle drop 
Just think about that. That's the easy one for me. Oh, really? Okay. Is it, is it without you? It's going to be without you. Okay. So you're talking about like, what's my number two? Sure. Yeah. I uh, saw on Spotify today, literally on my way over here, that there is a PLL um, like Spotify playlist that somebody made. I don't know how you access Spotify playlists. Somebody showed it to me. And like, it was embarrassing to me personally how I could go through and I, for the most part, I could be like, well, that's that scene. Mm-hmm. And that's that episode. <laughs> yeah. So Spencer smiles. She goes over and sits on the edge of the bed. She's watching Toby sleep. I think you can kind of tell she still loves him. Uh, she very quietly plays one final word on the board and then she just exits the room. Toby sleeps on. He's unawares. And then out the common room. That's enough of that. Spencer walks out. Uh, and then she stops suddenly because she can hear someone sobbing. She's like, who's there? And it's Arya. Arya's on the couch. She's sniffling and crying. Spencer rushes over and she's like, Arya, oh my God, what's wrong? And Arya's like, I can't marry Ezra. And Spencer's like, oh. <laughs> she doesn't know what to say, so she just gives Arya her hand and the sister grips it tight. And she cries. Um, I mean, what if what if this was Twinster? And she's like, you can't marry him? I'll help you with that. Well, I shouts to lucy for this episode like she's really good she doesn't get a ton to do mm-hmm. but i mean she's she's working this plot line hard like it's hard to even crack jokes about her marrying ezra just because she's so sad right now you know i think there's um yeah there's like uh four or five like really juicy scenes for her to work with especially in their nested ezra storyline whereas like a lot of the halo stuff is kind of it's nice to see drama, but it's kind of one note drama. I mean, I'm feeling it. It's like it's kind of awkward just because it's like, wow, they're not happy. But I but feel like not, they... there's not a lot of aspects to work with, whereas they get to run a few different emotions and plays. Through no, the there's movie. no Emmy reel. Sure. Shocker. Yeah. So out in the woods, Black Hoodie Melissa is kind of walking through a clearing like a Terminator. Looking good in that, that hoodie. Yeah, she's she's straight walking like she just came from a portal from the future. She unzips her hoodie. She reaches into the, the shirt and kind of peels off her face because obviously this was just a mask. Of course it was. One last fake out. Then she shrinks a foot and a half. Mask falls to the ground. Yeah, it's actually Mona in the hoodie. Uh, she's looking like a stone cold badass as she uh, peels off the pieces of the latex there. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, shit. What's Mona up to? Mona's in the hoodie. Uh, I mean, the, the Melissa theorists, like, did you not read the press release when they got Tori back for this episode? It seemed really obvious that like they barely were able to squeeze her in for like a fucking day of shooting. It was like totally minimal. And it was just like they were happy to get her back at all just because she was there for the pilot. And like it was like a longtime character. Like, I don't know how you could read the press release and think like, oh, yeah, she's going to be a major feature of this episode. Right, right. I just think about the poor people who are just like, but Brendan Robinson's available. He could be A. And they're like, no, we're good. You can tap dance. dance. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So a little later, we're in that lost common room. SOS has been sent out. All the liars and Allison are there around Ari, who's like still curled up in a ball crying. And Spencer's like, I know it's hard, but you have to tell him. And Ari's like, I can't. I can't do that. Our rehearsal dinner's tomorrow. Allison's like, are you sure you want to go through a ceremony holding on to something like that? Which, we Allison, don't know what this is yet. Yeah. But I'm like, Allison, maybe you are my hero again. Um, Naria says nothing. Like, that's not what she wants to hear. And she kind of looks around the other liars, mostly who say they have nothing to say. They're just like watching her. Um, 
Yeah, they're just trying to give her emotional support, but obviously Arya is bearing the brunt of whatever the secret is. Mm. Uh, then we go out into the woods again, where Black Hoodie Mona is having a video chat with her own avatar on the phone. It's a monitor, if you will, mm. uh, that's saying, this isn't up for debate. And Mona says, but Arya is hiding this from him. We'd be crazy not to use it. Monatar says, it's not part of my plan. I don't really give a shit about Ezra. Uh, Mona says, well, I don't know your plan. I'm in the dark. I mean, you asked me to put on the Melissa mask, and then you didn't even want me to use it. And Monatar says, it was a test. Besides, you're like two feet shorter than Tori DeVito. I had to know I could trust you. You passed. Mona says, so what now? Does that mean you'll tell me who you are? And Monatar says, not yet. And annoyed, Mona kind of hangs up in frustration. I feel like if you're a, a viewer of this show, it should be kind of obvious that Mona's just trying to get AD's identity here. Yeah. That's obviously her angle. Like, like AD's going to tell you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but she's trying. Nice try, Mona. Yeah. So then it's the next day, seemingly. We're at Arya's uh, loft here. She's putting some like first first she's just like staring at some glasses on the kitchen counter, kind of having a moment. Also, her her hair is up in braids now, which I feel like is her secret weapon. Mm. Uh, she puts the glasses away, comes back to put like an empty wine bottle away and accidentally bumps a wine glass and knocks it on the floor. Uh, as she's doing all this, we hear Ezra. He's like just getting off a phone call. He's like, so that was my mom. She's about ready to kill the party planner, so let's hope uh, he can make it to the at the rehearsal dinner. And you know, then the wine glass breaks, and you can tell this is like this is all too much for Arya. She's breaking down. She kneels down to pick up some of the glass, but she's falling apart. And Ezra rushes over to her side. He realizes something's wrong, and uh, this is where Suggestions mm-hmm. starts playing on the soundtrack. By Aurelia has orchestra. You might remember it from when both Allie and Maya's bodies were found. This is weird for the third time, the callback to I think it's song. like potential Ezra babies are the victim now. <laughs> and, that's what Maya knew. Yeah. Maya knew that Arya couldn't have kids. Ezra says, hey, that's okay. Arya, what's going on? What's going on? And Arya's sniffling. She's like, I got confirmation yesterday. And he's like, confirmation? And Arya says, I was late. I-, I thought I was pregnant. And he like, for a half second, he has this like really happy, like, my boys can swim face on. But then he's like, Arya. And she's like, I can't have kids. Wah, wah, wah. It's too much peanut butter in Ezra's jam. Mm. And for once, Ezra is a, a good dude and just kind of holds her. Uh, she just kind of like s- sinks down and-, and she's devastated and sobbing. And he's just like holding her arms, like whispering that it's going to be all right. Um, Man, Lucy in her braids, like crouching down, so tiny, crying like that. That's just fucking kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they laid no track at all for this fertility storyline in the past season at all. Mm-hmm. And yet it still lands like a gut punch here just because, like, she's so obviously devastated. You feel her pain and there's um, plenty of track for, like, what a dick he'll be about it. Um, He's being a good guy right now. And uh, we can we can enjoy that while it lasts because it's not going to last very long. You can't ever say Ezra's being a good guy without adding in that for right now. Yeah. Um, so we come back to, it's just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> waiting to be a dick. Yeah. We cut back to Caleb's law. And I just want to point out how weird the chairs are set up, like the couch and the chairs for like whenever they watch TV. Ah, uh, it's just like laid out by my mom. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, look, the TV needs to be the center of the room. I don't care what your this, design plans are. This furniture 
Like this whole setup in the living room. It is hurts garbage. my neck just to look at. This does not look comfortable. It looks way too fucking fancy. Anyone who came here to watch TV, they have like a sore neck later. Well, and like I feel like Caleb's like, hey, guess what part of our loft I designed? Not a fucking inch. <laughs> Uh, but there's no nerd wonder shit. If, like, all over maybe the place. Caleb's like kind of getting into like some MMOs or something now. Like, is he retreating into his fantasy world online? So I take my laptop and I go and quote unquote air quotes hack. Yeah. But really, I'm just like fucking some elf chick on the side of some magical forest land. <laughs> He's yeah. just like addicted to WoW now. <laughs> I feel alive. I'm gonna get that ore for you, baby. Um. So Caleb and Hannah they walk in the door. Caleb's like wheeling their suitcase in. The game show channel's still on. Hannah's looking for Mona. She's just like, Mona? Mona? No answer. No sight of her. And Caleb's like, great. She skipped out on you. So he whips out his phone, starts dialing. And she's like, Caleb, who are you calling? Oh, like, you know, they were they were joking about this on Tuba Kind. Like, were they just expecting Mona to still be in that chair like a day later? Like, she just hasn't moved at all? Also, like, that's, we left you there. Why aren't you there now? I'm not crazy about Hannah's, like, half leather jacket. That is a weird situation that's also, like an aria look yeah he's got like this leather thing on his shirt what is this weird fashion that they've developed like what is this like leather this is the the bad leather of merrill discord i guess like where in in westeros but yeah it's are like they a, housed i feel like he's got like a grandpa windbreaker on too kind of you know uh no this is like the the cool young guy windbreaker he's been like that's sporting off not a cool young guy windbreaker it's for caleb it's a cool young guy windbreaker mm. with that haircut anyway but like yeah, I mean, like this shirt should go with that fucking jacket he wore when they got married to avoid uh, having to testify against each other. Anyway, uh, so Caleb, who are you calling? The cops. I told you this would happen. That's when Mona comes bouncing in the, into the room, hair in a towel, in a robe, all bubbly. And she's like, how was the party? And Hannah and Caleb, they're both like surprised and dubious. And Hannah's like, didn't you hear us? Mona's like, no, I was in the shower. Did you need something? And she's like watching them both gauge in reaction. And Hannah's like, no, I was just going to make us some lunch. I wanted to know if you were hungry. And I was like, oh, no, thanks. I ate. Well, there's like just this hint of Mona coyness yeah. that makes her so lovable where you're just like not quite sure if she's sassing you or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Hannah has in the kitchen and Caleb just like makes sure that Mona sees that he's sizing her up. And she smiles at him politely and he like struts into the kitchen as well. Um, and as soon as he like turns away, like her smile fades. She doesn't need this ass. Uh just all up in her shit like that. You better yeah. push him out of a bell tower, Mona. Yeah. So, um, yeah, meanwhile, in prison. Meanwhile, in prison, a door buzzes and Mary Drake is ushered into a visitor room in a dingy orange jumpsuit. I mean, this jumpsuit is filthy. Yeah. It's like she's been in the motor pool for the last year or something, <laughs> working on working on a lot of oil. Um, yeah. So she sits down. There's like a guard watching behind her as she sits at this table. She's very happy to see whoever this person is that she's meeting. And she says, I've missed you, sweetheart. It's been weeks since your last visit. And then across from her, seemingly, is Spencer Hastings. She's all bubbly and happy, and she's wearing a big visitor badge. And Spencer says, I'm sorry. I missed you too, Mom. And they both lean forward and kind of like under the table, they're like holding hands and maybe passing something between them. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to tell if maybe there's like a a handoff there. What are you doing, guard? Like, this doesn't seem to be a shit. Yeah. (laughs) He's not even watching him. Yeah. Uh, so they're just kind of holding hands under the table and staring at each other, like psychically communicating right now. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. I mean, I feel like this is this is where your twins are radar should really be pinging here. Well, it's 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 great though. Like like the in profile, it's like how similar they look. Yeah. To. I mean, ca- calling Mary mom, uh, showing up here unmotivated. Like, there's nothing in the previous scene to suggest that this scene would happen. Like, alarm bells are going off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spencer, once again, she seems slightly different. Yeah. Uh, people are like, there's some people taking shots at Troyan who can all fuck off, in my opinion. But uh, I feel like she's brilliant in these scenes. It's very subtle. There's just these slight inflections in body language. But I think if you're like us, if you've watched and studied the show for seven years, it immediately leaps out to you that like, whoa, like I I can't put my finger on it, but something's something's different here. Mm-hmm. Something's off. Well, and there's some stuff that um, in her performance that's really nested in like uh, episode 15 that we look back. Yeah, uh, it becomes much more obvious. Um, foreshadowing accents to come. So over that image, though, we hear Ezra's voiceover like, we're going to get through this. Well, it's kind of a weird match cut where he cut yeah. to that two shot of them facing off to Arya and Ezra facing off. Ezra in like the Mary spot and Arya in the uh, quote unquote Spencer spot there. Yeah, a real, a real persona match cut here. Uh, so Ezra's like sitting on the couch. Arya's on the coffee table in front of him. They're holding hands. Tears have passed. The sadness remains. And Arya's like, I'm sorry. Ezra. Ezra first says, we're going to get through this. Oh, yeah. So Ari, well, like I said, the voiceover mm-hmm. of the previous scene. Ari's like, I'm sorry. Tomorrow's supposed to be one of the happiest days of our lives. And Ezra's like, it will be. You still plan on marrying me tomorrow, right? And she nods. And he's like, then nothing's changed. I love you. We're going to have a family. We will adopt or we will get a surrogate. We'll do whatever we have to. She nods. More tears coming. Well, she maybe cracks a little bit of a smile now. Yeah, but yeah. her eyes are watering. He's like, okay. And he kisses her hands and his... And she like crawls in his lap and he just like holds her there on the couch. It's like basically a continuation of the previous. Yeah, and enjoy nice guy Ezra here because he's going to be back to his douchey ways real quick. Yeah. Well, he's Ezra. Mm-hmm. It's got to be him. Uh, so then we go. I've got a master's degree. I can fix your tiny little womb. Go back. <laughs> yeah. How's that a master's degree in American literature working out for you now, dude? Uh, back to the prison visitation room with uh, quote unquote Spencer and Mary here where Spencer says, how are you doing? And Mary says, every day is a challenge, but I try to keep my spirits up. I try not to lose hope. And Mary just kind of shakes her head this little and Mary or Spencer shakes her head. And Mary says, you can say it. Hope breeds eternal misery. And Spencer kind of cocks her head, uh, kind of a, a move we'll come to recognize. And she says, well, the old Spencer would have agreed with you, but I don't believe that anymore. As it's just like twins are alert, twins are alert. Uh, and that kind of sparks something to Mary. Like maybe she senses something and she's like, how are you holding up? Spence leans in. She says, I need your help. Mm. Do you think Mary already knows this is not Spencer? Uh, so my feeling is that she has actually like said encountered Alex a few times in these visitations. I would not be shocked that at this moment she thinks this is Spencer and will quickly find out that it's not. And like, it's like further proof of how good Alex can fool people who aren't paying good enough attention. Mm-hmm. I also wonder though, do you think hope breeds eternal misery is actually the Drake family motto? I think it's the Hastings family motto. It's their house words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think their house words are hell yes. I do it again. Hell yes, I do it again. Yes. So then we're going to cut to a big squanky event later that night. It's the Ezra wedding rehearsal dinner, which for some reason, like the, the entire guest list is like invited to this thing. Like 
There's like everyone who would attend the wedding. More people attend this than attend the wedding. It's like open to the entire town of Rosewood. Yeah. Except for Lucas. Fuck off, Lucas. Yeah, sorry, Lucas. Go back to Japan or whatever. <laughs> Hong Kong. Is it Hong Kong? Hong Kong. Yeah. Lucas is definitely one of those guys that like when he finally completely strikes out with Hannah, he's just like, I gotta go to Japan. I go go on my own thailand trip become a sex tourist yeah so uh, lots of people partying there's music playing hannah rolls up through posse mona and caleb they're all dressed fancily and then elsewhere we see ashley Marin. she's talking to someone then she sees her daughter and she excuses herself and comes over to hannah and her crew and she's like hey sweetheart and hannah's like hey mom and they hug and then ashley kind of over hannah's shoulder she sees mona's there and is like oh <laughs> And Ashley's like, uh, Mona, I didn't know you'd be coming tonight. And Mona's like, neither did I. Caleb looks fucking miserable right now. Well, Blazer, Pocket Square, broadcasting this like, this is misery. Yeah. I'd rather be dead. Mona's acting nervous, but but very innocent at the same time. And Hannah says, well, we thought it'd be a good opportunity for Mona to come here and reconnect with everyone. And Caleb's just making these like hilariously petulant faces at, when she says we to that. And he's just like, drinks. And Mona says, I'm not allowed to have alcohol, but I could go for a cocktail wiener. Wink. And she kind of bounces off to make that happen. Caleb, Ashley, Caleb and Ashley, they share a look here as he drifts off past her. I and mean, these two are definitely fucking. At least once. Ashley's, Ashley's going to get pregnant before Hannah does. There was like a drunken fumble one night. I guarantee. Yeah. So Ashley's like, Hannah. He's dressed like fucking Robin Leach here, too. I can't get over his look. Ashley says, Hannah, what were you thinking? Before she can answer, Allison and Emily swoop up behind Ashley, and Allie's just like, are you nuts? And Ashley's just like, I'll let you two take over from here. So she leaves, and uh, we see Arya's walked up as well. Arya is in a uh, red, black, and white cocktail dress, Mm. her house colors. Mm. And Arya says, why would you bring her here? Why would you bring her to my rehearsal dinner? And Hannah's like, I'm sorry, okay. I didn't know what else to do. Caleb doesn't want to leave Mona home alone. It's hard to find a sitter for someone in their mid twenties. <laughs> well, and Emily's like, Hannah, the last time we saw Mona, she tried to push you off of the bell tower. Mm. And it's like, yeah, she feels really bad about that. <laughs> Can we just pretend for one night that she's a friend? Come on. She is a friend. Or that she saved our lives by killing a girl for us. I know. Uh, perfect timing for Spencer to drift up to the group. And she's like, who are we pretending is a friend? Wink. And Emily says, Mona. And Hannah says, you guys, I'm begging you, please, for one night, can you just fake it? And they all look at each other. Spencer is going to be the leader here. She looks at Hannah sincerely and says, I can do that. I feel like they're really playing with the, uh, is this really Spencer stuff See, at this point? That's what I'm talking about. It's They're really having a good time with it. This is definitely Spencer, but they're having a good time putting a lot of words in her mouth about like faking it. And, and you know, is that really you? That kind of thing. Uh, it was like, if it wasn't Spencer, where the fuck is Spencer? Yeah. Uh, also, Emily's fashion. Emily's wearing a black top with gold sparkly leather pants. Oh, of course she is. I, I feel like the liars are being very uncool about Mona here. Yeah. Like she was obviously fugued out when she tried to push Hannah. Mm-hmm. Hannah wasn't any real danger. Mm-hmm. Such ingratitude. And, After and, all the times Mona say their lies. And thanks to the hiccups of the production. Like really, she wasn't in any danger at all. She barely got near that window. I know. <laughs> It was a it was a comedic farce of a moment. Yeah, it was adorable. They laughed it off. It's not like Mona tried to drown her. So, ooh, careful. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're already in trouble with the innocent shippers right now. 
how much longer can that death sentence really last? It's funny. Whenever I think I, uh, I've identified like the shipping group that's like the meanest, I'll like, I posted that thing of uh, Troyan and Keegan, like looking goofy. Mm-hmm. And now all the Swoby shippers are like, delete this. Fuck you. Well, I think, I think part of the, some people perceive that as a rape joke. It's not. There's nothing, uh, whatever. I get that wasn't your intention. But like I think that's how some of the people perceive it. It's clearly just making fun of their goofy looks. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so meanwhile, in a corner of the party where men go to stare thoughtfully out of windows, there's Byron Montgomery serving all that is the white man's kingdom of Rosewood. Waitress comes up to Byron of a tray that has a single glass of scotch on it. And Byron turns. He's like, hmm? What is this? As he takes the glass. And then Ezra drifts in, holding his own glass. It, oh, God. So he says... This is a 40-year-old single malt scotch. It's a wedding present from my grandfather. And I've hidden the bottle on the back. He's, Why the fuck couldn't you bring him the glass? Well, he, Why does the waitress have to do He's doing it? a lot of weird head nodding here. Yeah. And like he he doesn't bring the glass himself. He ha- he like orders this waitress to bring it over. And then he comes to like a different part of the it's restaurant. It's so like I hope you like at least gave her a dollar or something for that. Like come on. Man. What a weird power move. <laughs> it is, it's such an Ezra move. Uh, Byron's just like, uh, wow, this is, um, and Ezra's like, cheers. So they sip. Well, because he takes a sip, yeah. And then Ezra's just like, oh, we were doing this already, huh? Yeah, scotchy scotch. And Byron's just like, ah. And Ezra says, I've never asked for your blessing. And Byron's like, well, if that's what's happening now, I gotta say, you left it down to the wire. <laughs> and Ezra's just like, Psh, I never asked because I never really felt like you and Ella truly accepted me. No fucking kidding. Byron's like, well, you you never really worked to prove us wrong. And you were her English teacher and she was underage. Uh, you never made a persuasive argument as to why we should feel good about you as a son-in-law. Also, again, the pedo thing. And Ezra's just like, the wow, book. some people really can't let the past go. No, it's like Byron says, and I guess that's why we do feel good about it. Instead of trying to make us happy, you focused on making Arya happy. And she is. So, yeah, you've got my blessing. You've had it for a while now. Just don't screw it up. What? Yeah. What is this bullshit? I want to know, what did special guest star Chad Lowe think of this speech? <sighs> did somebody pay Byron off? <laughs> well, if Ezra paid him off, why would he like, even do this? The only way this makes sense is that if, like Byron is trying to put Ezra at ease right now because he has like a red wedding planned or something. He doesn't want to ruin it. So okay. he's like, yes, you have my uh endorsement as i like bite my tongue as i say this so like the wedding goes through then he has ezra killed and now Arya gets some of that fitzgerald cash sure yeah byron's like i'm so happy for you darling because uh daddy's ranked up some gambling debts <laughs> the reigns of casimir starts playing and uh, mona walks to the back and locks the door unfortunately all the money was spent without you so they can't afford that song yeah so yeah whatever even Ezra, I feel like he finds this a little too easy, but he's not going to fight it. They just, they sip their serious scotch and Ezra's like, thank you. And he sips the scotch and Byron smiles. What a cuck. Anyway, back at the bar, Diane Fitzgerald. Remember her? We haven't seen her in four seasons. Yeah. Why is she calling me? We're not friends. Yeah. She's at the bar. She's uh, haranguing Ella here, uh, picking a fight about uh, like some hors d'oeuvres or something. Diane says, I would never serve my guests cocktail wieners. These are foie gras nougats. 
And for a second, Ella makes a face like she's drunk and like has to sneeze or something. Like she just can't handle the shit anymore. I have so many like saved hilarious Holly Marine Combs screen caps. And Ella says, and they are delicious. I mean, really, it, it was just a joke. And Diane's just like, well, and she grabs her champagne flute and she says, it wasn't funny. <laughs> and she storms off. I feel like we could have gotten more Diane. She seems fun. Yeah. Uh, and Ella's just like, right. And she's just, she's biting her tongue at the rest of her thoughts here. And she turns to the bartender and just as her posse, Ashley Marin and Veronica Hastings are rolling up behind her. And it, it's really subtle here, but like Veronica has like a drunk swagger on as she oh. walks over. Leslie Fair is straight up killing it. Like you don't even, unless you're looking at the background, you might not notice it, but like, God, wine womp stew is happening. It is fantastic. As a lawyer, she is showing up and just seizing the fucking deed to every scene that she's in. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so Ella turns to the bartender as her posse rolling up, and she says to the bartender, Hi, can I have a glass of Pinot Grigio, please? Thanks. And you can just leave that bottle right there, too. Right, yeah, there. Um, so the bartender's like, here you are. And so the, the two women show up, and they're like, get it, girl. And she's like, it's that bad. And I was like, if I didn't love Arya so much, I would strangle that woman of her own pearls. To which Veronica implies, or adds in, Peter's mother is pretentious like that. He just slice a piece of a knife and fork. Ashley not getting is like I eat pizza with a knife and fork it's very Hannah-esque yeah yeah Ella's like when I told Diane that we weren't members of the country club she looked at me like I spit out a tooth and Ashley still on the, the pizza is like your fingers don't get greasy and the cheese doesn't slide out and I was like sometimes I wish we were still in the basement at least then we had some peace and quiet the basement and Marco's like oh my god you remember how we got out of there Ella makes this hilarious face to which Ashley adds. Well, she just kind of like raises her eyebrows and looks away, like kind of embarrassed. Like what happens in the basement stays in the basement. Ashley's like, you know, Pam didn't drink for a year after that. She seems really proud of that too. Ashley does. Veronica's like, forget I brought it up. Ashley's like, yeah. Veronica's like, cheers. And I was like, cheers. The three of them clink glasses and drink that. It's kind of funny when they when they take their sips. Ashley and Veronica are still watching Ella because she really needs that drink. Um, the wine moms are the fucking best, man. I want to hear more about uh, uh, Peter's mom, especially that fucked up haircut that Spencer gave him for cash. Also, headcanon, they are 100% confirming that they got thirsty in there. Pam was going to drink anything, found something to drink, and it ended up being some of Ken's piss moonshine. And she's like, I'm never drinking again. 100%. It's canon. It's canon. It's not just headcanon anymore. It's canon. canon. It It happened. Like Obama, I'm slapping the table. It is law. I want to come back to the wine wands later, but yeah, they're fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Just the way that they're watching her, like, yeah, girl, <laughs> slam it. Uh, so elsewhere at the cocktail party, rehearsal dinner, whatever this is, uh, Toby's chatting up Emily while Allie's talking to Pam. Remember in the when we were friends? <laughs> so when do I get to meet the girls? And Emily says, anytime you want to babysit, burn. Uh, with four girls in the house, we could use a Manny. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. Hey, call it whatever you want. Just know that I'm always here for you. I am unemployed. <laughs> Emily, Toby in charge. Yeah, Toby in charge. Emily's like, thanks. Uh, then over her Toby's shoulder, she sees uh, Allie is talking to Pam there. And Pam is like very obviously like secretly putting something in Allison's hands, like with both of her hands. Like it's the grandest secret in the universe here. What the fuck, Pam? Emily's like, uh, I'll be right back. And then Allie and Pam like look over. They see that Emily sees them and like like quickly like dart away. 
And so Emily's going to chase them. But then, oh, oh, she runs into two teen girls from Addison's posse. It's uh, fucking Hadley and Willa. My girl right? Willa. Yeah. These fucking new liars. Ugh. They all look like midgets, too. I don't know. They're super short, or maybe it's just because Shay Mitchell's tall. Well, I need to get I need to get Lucy Hale in here as, like yeah. a, uh, as a guide. Banana for scale, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe she falls somewhere in between a Hadley and a Willow, but I just don't know. Yeah, so Emily's just like, Hadley, Willa. That's a Hadley St. Germain, and Willa is the blonde here. And Hadley says, hi, Mrs. Fields, or Miss Fields. And Hadley tries to, like, scoot on past before they get lectured, but Emily stops her, and she's like, Hi, wait, uh, can I talk to you ladies? And well, it's like, uh, we're working because for some reason, these teenage girls are like working this like cocktail mixer. Well, teenagers work catering events. Do you can you work a catering event where there's alcohol? I don't, as long as you're not serving the alcohol, I don't think. Huh, okay. I mean, I, I would hope for their sake that they know how to uh snag a bottle or two oh, yeah. or after. Well, the yeah. nice thing about a lot of these events, as I understand it, um, usually for the older folks, is that you buy the alcohol. So the 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 wait staff, if they're smart, knows that I can make anything that wasn't drank disappear because oh, yeah. it's been because paid it got for. drank, yeah, because it got paid for. So if it goes back to the club, they're like fine. It's a PLL party down spinoff, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are we having fun yet? <laughs> Not with these new liars, no. Uh, anyway, they're working. Emily says, "Can't you just get someone to cover for you?" <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, well, can you tell your boss we're talking about uh, Rumaki spheres? Look, Willa, I've known you since you volunteered at the Y, even though you've never been on this uh, show before. And Hadley, I know it's hard being a new girl at school, but you still have a choice in who you make friends with. Also, I fucked your cousin. And Hadley says, is this about Addison? Because she is nice to me, and I don't want to be on the other side of that. And Hadley says, your aunt, Maya St. Germain, had a real confidence to her, I guess. Uh, and that's what I loved. Maya was kind. She knew things. Hallie's your cousin. <laughs> Everyone got that? Can I make this any clearer? <laughs> Allie says, she picked me. It wasn't the other way around. And Will says, and you don't say no to someone like Addison. I mean, she'd have to be like dead first. <laughs> well, Emily's like, well, that's intense as fuck, but I get it. The audience is like, don't care, lol. So the two girls bounce off. And I thought to well, myself. Emily just looks grossed out. Like she just smelled a fart because this is a bad spinoff setup. If you are even tangentially related to the St. Germain tree, why the fuck do you move to this town? I know. Really. Why in the fuck do you move to this town? I think Maya knew that PL and new class uh, with these stiffs would be a very bad idea. <laughs> so, Except for my girl, Willa. Uh, so after the commercial, we're outside in Rosewood, out in front of whatever venue this like is. Like some big, like, like, there's like Roman columns and like steps. I mean, it's like the courthouse or something i well, don't it's, know it's, maybe maybe this is the bradbury oh shit balls. i mean we know there's some sort of ballroom somewhere in town well that where they have all the venues all before the this? all the events yeah so this is obviously it's the courthouse setting on the wb back lot this is like you saw us along like old batman episodes and things i want to say didn't we kind of see part of this when they were on the back lot Ari and ezra for the book thing didn't we see like a little bit of this mm, no where they were filming i think that was a little bit away from this okay but. um yeah, so it's it's grand. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't used this in PLO up until now, to be honest with you. Saving it just for this occasion, yeah. Yeah. Toby's chilling on the steps. Spencer comes out and is like walking past him, and Toby's just like, you taking off. 
And Spencer's like, oh, yeah, somehow I got roped into being my mom's designated driver. And she takes a few steps, and then he kind of takes some steps, too, to be close to her. And he says, what are you doing on Sunday? She stops and turns. She's kind of smiling curiously at him. She's like, I'm going riding. Cue genuine. You want company, question mark. And Spencer does a little aria eye narrow, and and Toby says, I told you I'd give it a try. Spencer's like, yeah, that was like six years ago. He's like, well, maybe it just took some time to get used to the idea. And then it's just awkward. And he's like, I meant to congratulate you on winning the game. And Spencer's like, we never finished it. I'm sorry. Is he having a cognitive breakdown mid-sentence? Yes. (laughs) And he says, you did while I was asleep. I didn't know the word, though. Spencer, she kind of like looks away. Like she's not really like she doesn't want to have this conversation or something. And she's like. So that was, that was that's one take. My first thought while watching this was she has no idea what he's talking about. Oh yeah, she's like, oh, I don't even remember what word I put down. And you're like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a little sketchy. Yeah, and Toby's like, limerence. I looked it up, and she's like, you did. And he's like, kind of unrequited love. She's like, yeah. And it, like these two are like they're about to have a moment here, but then Tipsy Veronica shows up coming down the stairs behind him. Veronica's just like, thank you for driving, sweetheart. And Spencer's like, oh, yeah. Veronica's like, we have to we have to make a couple of extra stops. And she's like patting Spencer on the shoulder. There's like these hilarious eyebrow wiggle, wiggles. Like, I want to know what extra stops they're making. For the two women. I'd like to think that there's some other stops besides the, the other two women. Going, going to another bar? Like, they got to go to another bar. Maybe the liquor store. Let's go line dancing. Yeah. Spencer's like, okay. And then Veronica's just like patting ta- Toby on the shoulder and she's just like, hi, Toby. And Toby's like, hey. Behind them, Ashley and Ella are kind of making their way down. Ashley's loaded, but she's a salty vet. Like she can handle her drunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ella is sloppy. Ella's just like, I call shotgun. And Toby looks at Spencer and he kind of mouths like, whoa. <laughs> and Spencer's basically just like mouthing, like, yeah, I know. Uh, so they have a significant look there, but then Spencer goes off with the drunk moms. Toby just kind of nods. He exits out the other direction. And then kind of as they split apart, there's Hannah coming down this, uh, the steps behind them. And she gets to the bottom, and then Ashley comes over to talk to her. Yeah, Ashley's like, I know it's none of my business, but don't take for granted the people who love you the most just because they sometimes let you. And Hannah's like, what does that even mean? And she's like, you're my daughter and I will always be on your side, even when you're wrong. I can't help it. And Hannah's like, so you think I'm wrong about Mona? And Ashley nods her head. And Hannah's like, you agree with Caleb? And Ashley nods her head. And Ashley's like, but I'm still on your side. Uh, Hannah, we agree with you. Yeah. Um, then the delightfully drunk Veronica yells, oh, Marin, will you get in the car? <laughs> and Veronica's discovered they're short of wine, mom. Yeah. Um, so Ashley laughs, hugs Hannah. And Ashley's like, love you. And Hannah's like, love you, mom. As she walks over where the valet is holding the door open for the ladies. And Veronica's like, pile in. And then as they're getting in, you don't see her, but you hear Veronica say like, oh God, this dress. <laughs> yeah, Hannah smiles and she watches the awesome wine moms like draw, drive off on another adventure here. So, so rewind back to the cabin. What if Spencer and Toby play the game? Toby passes out. Spencer quietly leaves. Alex scoots in. I don't, take, I don't think it's shit, Spencer. Then goes over and plays Limerence. I, I don't think it is. Um, I mean, she got a little weird about limerence here, but I'm pretty sure that's still Spencer. I, I think the reason she's being a little sketchy is because I think she kind of got caught there. Like, 
I think she did that for herself mm-hmm. and wasn't really thinking that Toby would notice perhaps or something. Like it was she she wasn't leaving that little limerence note for Toby is kind of how I read it. So yeah, I, I would agree with that because I don't I think that she has affection for Toby. I think they have a true friendship, but I think the the romance is potentially all in the more so in the past and the future. Unrequited love. I mean limerence, like there's a reason she's leaving that. But I think I don't think it's her intent is for her to find it. I think that was just kind of for her kind of like feeling her own feels there Mm -hmm. and then when he like notices and calls her on it she's like not ready to have that conversation that that's the way i read it yeah Um, also still just disagree with everybody treating mona like she's some kind of time bomb time bomb of awesome Mm -hmm. um so outside the rally ari and ezra are walking through the big iron gates hand in hand past where a waiter's bringing a menu uh or a check outside restaurant on the veranda here Yeah, yeah. yeah where we saw uh Ashley and Hannah have a drink and talk about the past five years in Jordan in 611. Yep. So Ezra is like, it's finally happening. This is a little surreal. And Ari's like, I know we're actually getting married. And they stop to talk. And he's like, hey, Aria, it would be really encouraging for me if every time we bring up the topic of our wedding, you don't look like you're about to burst into tears. Yeah, Jesus, Aria, your busted uterus is really harsh in my vibe right now. Ezra, I'm just going to speak for for Ezra's like I'm going to speak for the audience here. Could you smile more? Yeah. So Arya's like, I'm sorry, I can't help it. I just, I mean, just sitting there listening to your family's toast, your dad, even your brother off screen talking about our kids. I just, I just like I'm letting people down. Who would you cast as Ezra's dad? Okay, so uh, I don't know what your answer is, but mine's better. Jeff Goldblum. Oh shit! Exactly. I don't know why the first like thought that came to my head was either George Hamilton or Peter Coyote, but I really like George Hamilton. Goldblum. Mm-hmm. They kind of look alike. Now I just want to see Ian Harding like like reenact all the scenes from Jurassic Park. I I, I see Jeff Faster, Goldblum. Faster would be better. Jeff Goldblum as Ezra's dad, but he's still dressed like he is in that Thor movie. <laughs> <laughs> the main event. Well, this is when this is when you you start to get a sense, kind of like Chandler's parents, about why Diane and uh, I don't know what do we want to call Ezra's dad because we can call him anything. Horace. Uh, Horace. Horace. I swear to God, I was thinking Horace when you said Horace. Yeah, there you Horace go. Horace Fitzgerald. Yeah, that's uh-huh. why they it's why they broke up. Maybe. Um. So Ezra's like, stop. We have options. I remember a friend of the family. She's a fraternity specialist. After the weekend's done, we'll go to her. We'll get a second opinion. Nice little red herring there with Ezra knowing the fertility specialist. Yeah. Little last like Ezra's AD. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Or he's like, this was a second opinion. In fact, it was a third opinion. I went to two other doctors and they said the same thing. Did they also call That's, you at midnight? Yeah. This annoys Ezra. So it's, it's time for him to cash out all his good boyfriend chips. Yeah. He put it all in on Black 13. He's like, you did? How long have you known? And Ari says, I just wanted to be sure before. He's like, how long have you known? A few weeks? And Ari's like, a little bit longer than that. And he's just so put out by this. Like, God, what an ass. Uh, he's like, I, I don't understand. I, I thought we were supposed to go through things together. And Ari's like, yeah, I, I was scared. I thought that maybe this was something that could you couldn't get past. And he's like, wow. If you think so little of me, why do you still want to marry me? It's amazing how quickly he 
makes this about her somehow victimizing him mm-hmm. instead of like her own medical condition. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Arya's just like, it wasn't about you. It was about me. Can you understand that? No. Uh, no, he says, yes, you're right. I can. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm just a little tired. I need a nap. It's been a very emotional day. And Ari's like, okay, come upstairs. Let's talk. And he's like, no, I, I think what I need to sleep. Like he's just assuming the sex there. Mm-hmm. after he's been an asshole uh and he says we're gonna be okay i just wish that you had had as much faith in me as i have in you what a passive aggressive line that is oh no. i just wish that you had as much faith in me as i have in you it gets better oh it gets better because yeah. she says i love you and he's like i love you too but it's not really the same thing is it is it the is it at the end and then he just walks past her <laughs> god what an asshole well, uh, Arya kind of thinks about this and somehow like still wants to marry him. Yeah. Uh, she heads inside <laughs> and like after like five steps, maybe Ezra kind of stops. He turns back like he suddenly realized like, oh, shit, I'm the asshole. And he could just run back and apologize. But nah. Oh, I like how she's just powering on ahead. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to bed. It's like he he stops. He knows he should do something. But then he's just like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is he going? Like home to the the apartment or something? Well, I guess it's the night before, so some kind of tradition. They don't want to, don't see the bride. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, also, age old tradition of make your your fiance feel like fucking dirt right before you marry her. Oh yeah. I mean, I get the well. How long have you known? That's one question. But everything he takes it from there, like the whole like how long have you known? A few weeks. I yeah. feel like you just can't get mad at somebody else keeping a medical condition private. But no, I mean, unless my it's point like be, they he, had like a disease that they were going to give you or if something. If it was you know? like expressing sympathy for the fact that she's had to kind of keep this to herself and she's felt like tortured by it, that's one thing. Um, All right. So we're up to the Emerson proposal, but uh, yeah, exactly. Your glasses are empty. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in a bit. So I just want to say, pause here as check social media use the bathroom etc um i'm amazed at how many of you have four to five hour drives tomorrow <laughs> thank you but damn where I are you all going oh, i guess this... it's fourth of july sorry oh yeah but okay, some of sure. you were in england where are you going <laughs> that's canada day or something i don't know uh yeah our our glasses are full again because one does not come unfortified to the amazon proposal scene trust me i know canada was yesterday okay uh, so we're at the Casa de Laurentiis Fields. Allie's changed to some PJs, which includes a sweater with like a big pug on it that says pug waiting life. for the weekend. Pug life? Is that a thing people say? Pug life? Yeah. Well, usually they get a tattoo on their abdomen. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Emily walks in the room with some kids' toys to put away. And Allison's like, what? Are they still sleeping? And Emily's just like, yeah. Her attitude is as short as her hot pants. And Allison notices this. And she's like, you've barely said two words to me all night. I was like, that's not true. And Allison's like, well, either you're entering a vegetative state or you're pissed at me. And Emily's like, uh, uh, she's ready to get into this now. And she's like, I saw you with my mom at the party. What were you whispering about? And Allison's like, I don't know. I mean, it was pretty loud in there. <laughs> Such a bad lie. <laughs> Emily's like, she put something in your purse. What was it? It was obvious as fuck. And Allison's like, I don't know breath mints i mean it's your like mom, the fakest laugh ever yeah your mom's pretty passive aggressive and there were onions on those sliders and emily's like my mom avoided me all night what is going on allison's like nothing 
And Olivia's like, Allie, we're not going to sleep until you tell me what's in that purse. Way to ruin your own proposal, Emily. Well, no chill at all. Allison is lying, lying to her horribly. I, I would. I just got to say, Allie, are you sure? <laughs> well, the same thing you would say to Aria. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. You can ease back on this one. The best time to ease back on uh, this kind of thing is before the proposal. Yeah, Not well, the they already had the kids, though. Yeah, true. Uh, so Allie just kind of sighs. She's like, "Remind me never to throw you a surprise party." And Emily's just confused; like she doesn't even get what that joke is about. And so Allie goes over to her purse. She pulls out a little red velvet ring box, and she opens it up and turns it around to show the ring to Emily. Some little sensitive acoustic guitar playing on the soundtrack. Yeah, so you know that Emerson shit's about to get real. Mm-hmm. And Emily's just like. This is my grandmother's ring. Like she's just not getting it at all. She's like confused. Like it, the the synapses are not connecting. Yeah. Yeah. Do the fucking math, Emily. Are you hawking it? Yeah. <laughs> Allie says, "I had this whole romantic proposal planned, and it didn't include wearing a pug sweater. But I guess I'll just wing it. You nosy bitch." Uh, and Emily says, "You want to propose to me? Fuck so- it, we'll do it live." Yeah. Allie takes the ring back. She says, "Well, I'm still trying to." So. Stop fucking it up. And she takes the ring out. And Emily maybe is finally starting to get it now. She's smiling a little. And Allie says, when I was at my most lonely and unhappy and angry at place, he loved me. And when I was an ugly human being, you saw a beautiful soul. You make the world a better place because you see the good in it. Emily's lips quivering now. And Allie says, and you make me be a better woman because you search for one. And Ali, Emily's really getting overcome with emotions now. And then Allie says, do you promise to do that every day for the rest of our lives? And he's like, yes. And Allie slides her ring on her finger. Suddenly, it's this like a switch from a wedding proposal to like a wedding vow. Yeah. Like, it's it's like, are you getting married now, too? <laughs> so Allie says, I love you. And Allie says, I love you, too. And they But it's not the really the same thing, is it? No. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, what are they, like, common law, married, also faux pas to, like, not only get engaged, but married right before you I know, friends. I know. Why not do this at the party? Um, uh, what do you think about Emerson here? I mean, this is a, a nice enough scene, I guess. I think, you know, I've been low-key somewhat emotional as this podcast comes to an end. Oh. And I just thought it was interesting that for a long time, Allison was, like, your favorite character. And I think it really hurt you when she became I, so boring. I wouldn't say she's my favorite as much as that she was the one I identified with the most. And now you get to repeat the words as she gets even more domestic as fuck. What are you implying? I don't know. I just, you know, everything that has a beginning has an end. Um, I mean, I think it's nice for Allie to finally be the pursuer here and actually express her own feelings. It's uh, not just like a, why do you want to marry me? I don't know, but I do. You know, like I, I still think we could have gotten more earlier in the season without well, these two like really like getting into why people, just working through their, you know, their yeah. issues. People aren't always good of words. Sometimes you have to see the meaning behind the, the fumbling words. But like, I'm a better person because you saw me as a better person. Like you, you always promise to see me as better than I am for the rest of our lives is like not to me the most romantic thing. Like, could you when I when I fuck up, could you gussy it up in your mind to be something fancier? That's what romance is, you know. (laughs) Speaking of romance, let's talk about a guy who sits on a couch in a really weird way to watch some goddamn TV in his own home. His neck's gonna hurt tomorrow morning. This is not conducive to. Yeah, so it's it's the hail of loft. 
Caleb's on the couch watching like an infomercial in the middle of the night because uh, I guess they're not cord cutters, even though I feel like they should be. Yeah, but also like who like the whole decoration is like like I don't know fancier inside of a genie's lamp. I don't know what this this faux this 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 design is. Uh, obviously, uh, Hannah decorated. Yeah, yeah. They got rid of all the comic book shit. <laughs> it's just like cast off, like Radley. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. Caleb's just got his arms folded. He's watching this infomercial. He, he still looks like he's pissy. Uh, mm-hmm. Behind him, Hannah kind of peeks out from the bedroom in her bathrobe. She's watching him, and the TV guy is just like droning on and on about whatever. And so Hannah walks over to him and she says, Hey, are you awake? And he's like, Yeah, I'm not tired. <laughs> and she's like, What are you watching? He says, I can't tell. Either it's a really bad comedy about chefs or a really good infomercial about deep fryers. Um, it's a really good infomercial about deep fryers, Caleb. You're not that, you're not that dense. That, that's a good joke I'll, I'll give it to him so hannah kind of snorts and sits down next to him and she says can we talk he says i don't know what else to say hannah the decisions you make don't affect just you they also affect my actual bad penis i mean bad isn't good holes right. the ambiance was magical and yeah. it says actually let's not talk and she goes in for a smooch i think she thinks she's gonna fuck her way out of this argument mm-hmm. Uh, but he pu- he yeah. pulls back from the kiss and she's like, Hannah. And she's like, hmm. And she just got to power on through. She's kissing some more. He eventually just gives in. And only then does she pull back. She says, I hear you, okay? I'm going to tell Mona that it's not going to work out. And he says, I'm not saying you can't help her. I'll help you help her. We just need our own space. Why didn't you fucking say that a day ago? Yeah. She says, I know. I'll tell her first thing in the morning. You can deal with Mona until then, right? And he's like, sure. How much damage? How much damage can she do in one night? Which <laughs> whistle past the fucking graveyard here? Like it's Mona. You two of all people should know the answer is catastrophic levels of damage in the world in one night if she wanted to. Yeah. So they smile, they kiss some more, and he's like, "I love you," and he's like, "I love you too." But it's not really the same thing, is it? <laughs> no, it's, that's not really the same thing, is it? And then, and then Caleb just he's the. Uh, you want to make a baby? <laughs> Uh, I, I think you just watched Arrival, maybe. Uh, that that line just never doesn't sound kind of tacky. Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine if Tyler Blackburn just falls into, like, whatever fucking reason they keep giving Jeremy Renner roles? Check it out. I'm Hawkeye. <laughs> um, she's like, now? And he's like, yeah. So they start making out. It gets a little hot and heavy as they get down to fucking on that couch. Um, my question is, where do they think Mona is? There's a finite exactly. amount of space in They're this. fucking on her couch that she apparently sleeps on or something. Is he just like, hit the fucking bricks, Mona. I want to watch some infomercials. I've got a big roll of quarters. I'm going to change into some bills at the baby bank if you take my meaning. Yeah, they're just they're getting down on the couch. I don't know where Mona is. Is there a second bedroom we never found out about? If there is, if there is, tell me why Emily is sleeping on the couch. Emily's like, wait a minute. There's another bedroom. Fuck. <laughs> wait a minute. Why does this door say dreamatorium? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've been listening to you guys bone. I guess they've, they've weeks. Hannah and Caleb kiss and made up. Uh, Caleb finally relented a little only after he got his way. I just feel the need to point that out. Um, I don't know. Like, if, if this Caleb had been in the rest of the episode, I wouldn't be so down on him. But I feel like he was just a massive dick until Hannah finally like oh, yeah. gave him his way. And then he's like suddenly magnanimous Caleb's just like, 
oh, I'll help you. I well, want to help Mona now suddenly. Well, God forbid they have a goddamn adult conversation where he's just like, I would prefer in the first year of our marriage, we didn't have a roommate. Instead, he's just like, well, like what is I'm going to go change the party. If what is his hello, concern? Is, please. is it that he just needs space in general? He wouldn't want anyone to stay there. Is that he feels uncomfortable with Mona there because she's... I think what he's saying is that he hasn't had any say in any of the, the decisions. It's his thing. Just say See? say your words, Caleb. Yeah, you don't need to be a dick about it. Yeah. Well, actually, it's kind of my uh, style. Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, speaking of putting the sour cream in the burrito in oh. Toby's Valley Hotel room, <laughs> <laughs> Toby's in the towel after a shower. Maybe he's going through his suitcase in the bed. There's a knock on the door, and he's like, uh, "You could just leave the card outside." There's another knock on the door, and he's. I think sighs. he's like rummaging through his bag. Is he like trying to fish out his flashlight or something here? I don't know. <laughs> But by his flashlight, do you mean just like a rolled up copy of the Rosewood High yearbook? Yes. <laughs> this thing is ruined. Yeah. So he sighs. He goes to open the door. And of course, there's Spencer or a twin of Spencer. Wait, or, what do we call this girl again? We call her Twincer. She's very playful. And she's like, coffee at this hour? You'll be up all night. You'll be up all night. So oh, yeah. It's definitely Twincer. She steps in, goes for that smooch. Toby is putty in her hands. They start making out. She whips off his towel. I, well, she shuts the door first. I kind of wish she hadn't, that she just left it open as she yanks his towel off. Oh, like, so as she's like kissing down his chest and he's like looking at that open door and he's like, oh shit, this is hot. <laughs> it's just like keeps eyeing the door. Whatever. We'll uh, do it live. Bellhops just keep going past. <laughs> like, oh shit. Um, so yeah, whips off the towel. He carries her to the bed, lays her down. I mean, it's time for some Greco-Roman fucking here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pants off, dance off time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty risque. I mean, definitely more risque than Allison and Emily. They're just like ripping each other's clothes off here. There's some thrusting, some riding, some nipple biting, some hand stuff. I mean, let's face it. They're raw dogging. Oh, yeah. Um, and there is like a, a certain tenor to the kink that's very unspencer like though mm-hmm. like it, she's eager but not tender i guess would be the best way to put it i guess the only thing that's missing for me is that that wry little smile that twinster squeezed in previously oh, she's a little busy right now you know what i'm saying <laughs> well she she had that smile when uh toby answers the door here okay yeah but there is uh something about their <laughs> their love making here as ben just got his finger on the thing we're just getting a blur of spoby fucking yeah it it doesn't it, it seems a little i don't know if rougher is quite the right word but less emotionally engaged i guess get this it, is a little more carnal than we typically would get with spencer yeah, not, not that spencer isn't into that she's but. definitely probing for some unlawful carnal knowledge she's also digging through that thicket that is keegan allen's hair mm-hmm. and just grabbing away um it's not really the same, though, is it? I, <laughs> I guess we should feel bad for Keegan here. He's uh, being, or not for Keegan, but for Toby. He's <laughs> constantly coerced. Yeah, Keegan's and, got a rough year. Yeah, he's he doing looks okay. Like he's stressing Keegan's going to be okay. Yeah, he's constantly being coerced and tricked into fucking people. This story will end as it began with rape. Unfortunately, <laughs> he never really deals with it ever on screen. You know, I mean, what's Jenna's line like? Uh, it's not a crime, Toby. <laughs> um, so we'll cut to the barn at night where it really gets confusing for some of the viewers mm. that they should have started queuing in. The well, things. it's like, well, that's weird. Spencer just teleported to her barn to take a shower <laughs> after all that fucking. Well, wash the fuck off of her. Yeah, she's wiping the mirror, looking at her foggy reflection, kind of like Hannah and hit and run, run, run. Uh, she starts to hear this weird piano 
from elsewhere in the barn. Um, they keep it nice one shot moving. We get sense more of the layout of the barn as she walks out of the bathroom. Do you know what this reminded me of? I don't know if it reminded you of this personal shopper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way it's uh, focused on, on her, her like backing her. up the whole time, following yeah. her like out of their bathroom, through the bedroom, into the living room area. And the ghost of Mona attacks her. Yeah, if you're watching very closely, you can see the a shadow against the wall in the background against the bookcase. I would I would devote my life fortune to a movie of Troy and Bell, sorry, on case two. Oh. Um yeah, so I would be an indentured servant for life for that movie. Uh yeah, so nice shot past the uh the closet through the bedroom. She's looking around. Spencer's just like, Toby, is that you? And that's how they kind of hook it to the previous so, scene. So why would she say this? I guess people have asked us that online. I, I love how people always ask us, like, explain the show's, uh, you know, fast and loose plot holes and whatnot. I, who else would she be expecting, I guess? Maybe this is like her and Toby's song. I don't know. Sweet piano jam. It's classical piano jam. I don't know. I mean, who else would she think it was, I guess? She's, be... she's not expecting danger, so. I... <laughs> Wink. Um, that joke will pay off in six years. Um, like uh, uh, I think if this was like that song from the the doctor, what's his name? If she started playing that, the one that the mom played, that would be that would. Oh be more, yeah, right, that know, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hair just got too heavy. <laughs> if she's like pretend. Like the, oh shit! You're dumber than I am. I, we're we're really shitting on like uh, Toby's intellect here, but it, there's a there's a payoff when we get to the horse scene. Am I wrong, man? <laughs> That's just so insane. I'm just saying, though, we're completely uh, vindicated when we get to the horse scene. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe in her mind, with where she actually is with Toby, like she's thinking maybe he'll come to see yeah. her, the limerence of it all. She certainly uh, cracked the door, I feel like, for that. Anyway, she's, you know, looking around. Toby, is that you? A uh, shadow detaches from the wall behind her, comes into view. It's Mona in the black hoodie. Oh, man. You know, there have been a lot of imitators, but none of them can quite match Mona's. She has this certain kind of like crazed, Sweet. like androgynous A look. Yeah. Like, yeah it's yeah. just like, it's just so intense that only Mona quite looks like that. I like that you, you, you mentioned the androgyny. It's still very sexy. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's like she's, she's stepping on something with like playing of gender roles that like, like, dare I say, even like Bowie. Yeah, well, it, it she's done her makeup before she puts a hoodie on. She's not just like throwing a hoodie on. Yeah, it's, it's like a whole ensemble. It's, it's obviously like it's a different palette of makeup. Yeah. It's a different look. Yeah, I found the gum. Yeah. Uh, so Spencer turns. She kind of hears these fo- soft footsteps behind her, and she sees Mona, and she's like, "Mona," and you can see her eyes are kind of processing this. Like, what what does this mean? Why are you here? Why are you in a black hoodie? You know, what is this all supposed to be about? Mona saunters up and she's just like, deja vu, bitch. And Spencer's like, what? And then, bam, just Mona bashes her in the side of the head. Uh, very similar to how she did it in S2E25 there. I kind of wish this hadn't been in the trailer. Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> oh, we've had that conversation before. Well, like you pointed out, why are people punching Spencer in the face? <laughs> yeah. And Mona just like, kind of like, knocks spencer out and just like kind of stands there kind of reveling in her own maniacal genius but then like this is this is more so the question more so than her spencer calling out toby's name what is mona doing between this point this is obviously mona right well she makes delivery i guess but i mean it's not like alex can like shrink herself down two feet and put on a no no this is mona 
So she's delivering to to Twincer, and then she's not like, "Hey guys, I've set the ultimate trap, and Spencer's the cheese." I mean, I guess she's really playing it close to the vest. You know, the liars all they do is fuck shit up anyway. So you only bring them in when you absolutely have to. I just wish that she hadn't waited like twelve hours and was just focusing on eavesdropping on the liars themselves. Well, I have a lot of thoughts about how this plays out. Uh, like I said, I love Twincer. I could I could see a lot of changes being made to this episode to make it work a little better. Okay, because uh, it's like the kind of how they all figure it out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's other ways they could have done that. That's my biggest issue with the Twincer stuff, because it's like in the last fifteen minutes, and they're entirely. It's like oh shit, we have to end the episode, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah it, but also for an episode that has to have two epilogues and mm-hmm. resolution for characters, and they're all just so reactive and just being like. Zoink, Scoob, what's happening here? I mean, you start this episode with the uh, engagement dinner, perhaps. You know, you just cut out like 40 minutes of the episode. Are you really missing anything? I don't think so. A little bit of setup for like the marital arguments and the Mona stuff and whatnot. But do you do you even need you can you can rework that you can manage it. I mean, do you even need like Pam and Allison skullduggery no, at the, the no. rally? You don't, I don't, I don't. Is it just to give Nia Peoples a little bit more and some dialogue? Like, why isn't she piling into the back of that car? I know. The other she missed out. I mean, she's like the babysitter maybe at one point. I don't know. But she missed out on like the wine mom fun. Oh, it's a good, well, no, there. She was there, though. Yeah, that's a good she's point. She's there. So who was watching the kids? I don't know. Poor Pam. <laughs> Emily's like, we need a Manny. Speaking of which, Tobes, get going. I feel like they really missed out. Like, for some reason, there's this whole kidnapping thing, and we'll get to that. But they missed out on having our twin interacting with the rest of the liars pretending to be spencer over an extended period of time and and having the liars actually themselves put the clues together you know like everything basically just gets handed to them at the end also in that kidnapping thing just 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 occurred to me what if alex did a ramsey thing and like sent aria a package oh what like ezra's dick uh, so after the commercial, Spencer wakes up on the floor of a cell. It's a nice cell. I wonder what the, the speculation was like during that commercial break. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah well, that's a- that was my my feeling like, OK, yeah, they're going there. Well, it's oh, just yeah. the whole like I can fake it. It was pretty obvious. But like uh, Spencer wakes up on the floor of a cell. It's a nice cell. There's a carpet. There's a shelf of books. There's fancy grading everywhere. Um, there's a, a little bed there. Obviously, like there's like some sleeping. Those like gas tanks of like wires. Yeah, I think that's like the secret of the ooze in the background there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's Shredder's been working on. Yeah, yeah, it's like a weird high tech jail cell, or it's all these like grading. So, and then, oh my god, this this moment here where she's she looks over and there's kind of like she sees her parent reflection in like like a glass wall. This is the best scene of the episode, I think. I, I'm willing probably to say, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is an iconic moment. Yeah. Um, and she's watching her reflection and I can remember as I was watching this thinking, wait a minute, it's a little, the, the, the reflection's a little bit behind and I was just like, oh shit, well, you're oh like, shit, you're like, oh shit. You're like, are they editing it weird or what? Yeah. Yeah. So, so she's breathing hard. She's glancing over. She sees someone. Oh no, it's okay. It's her reflection. That's okay. She brings her hand up, rubs her head. She glances over that reflection, which is watching her. And then all of a sudden. The reflection just drops its hand. Well, after they stared at each other for like a couple beats, yeah. Then the reflection just drops her hand and stares at Spencer. And Spencer's, and Spencer's like, face is weird. like, "What?" Yeah, 
it's her twin. Spencer starts to lean in a little bit. And then the twin in the reflection in quotes leans in and is like, boo. <laughs> Spencer backs the fuck up, like almost bangs her head on like the metal wall behind her. Like, what the fuck? Uh, so, so I feel like say what you will for everything that follows this moment. This is worth this is all of the lead up. This is such a good twin reveal. And this I, is, I feel like, I mean, in, with the, what they set up, you kind of have multiple reveals. You have the reveal that, yes, there is, in fact, a twin, but then you have other people figuring it out. They nailed this. I feel like they didn't nail the other people figuring it out. Well, so I think, okay, first of all, let's pause for a second. Let's talk about all the I, Marlene King hate. Because I feel like this is probably like one of those moments that she clearly brought amongst the, the three of them mm-hmm. that she clearly brought. For all the people who shit on her and like, well, thanks a lot, Marlene, and all this shit. Like, Boo. you don't have this show without her. Like, you gotta take the you gotta take the good with the bad. Well, know? like like Joseph already said, three different writers, maybe even a whole pilot. Yeah. You don't have the show without her. She has some great fucking sensibilities that she brings to it. Like the dollhouse, which I think really is a strong PLL thing. The shit with Noel Khan in the Darkest Night <laughs> is so good. I'm willing to bet that this is her moment, and she has some great, great fucking sensibilities. Um, I'm really curious to see if she ever actually produced they actually produced that script of the merciless because i think i don't know i think i think she's great at times i think there's some elongated stuff like the long game that doesn't always work out for her um so she's harder when there's two different shows but she has some great like moments and this is one so i kind of wonder if it's a little bit of like a lucas thing where there's no one that can be like hey all this is great except let's let's work on this part kind of thing you know like she's the boss so she doesn't have somebody with the kind of authority to edit her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this scene, fucking great. Me at home, I was just like, twins, sir. Yeah. Oh, it's just glorious. Yeah. So you watch this the next morning? Yeah. Um, so I, as it happened, I just happened to be in LA while this was airing. I probably could have found a way to get myself invited to someone's watch party, just if I put it out on Twitter. But I don't know. It's almost like, it was like I just wanted to savor it. I was just like, you know, it's like how on Christmas you get a present and you don't want to open it right away or something, you know. I was just like, eh, I'll drive home and watch it. You wanted to wait twelve hours to watch it. I didn't want to wait that long. No, Plus, I wanted to. I wanted to wait six hours and watch it, and then I got home. And my internet was out, and I was like, "Fuck!" So I had to wait till the next morning before it finally came back. Because you are a noted celebrity. I don't think so. No, I mean, you could have put it on Twitter, and anyone could have invited you to watch this, mm-hmm. or you could have just been like, "Hey, can I come over to your place and watch it?" And at six a.m., I would have been like, "Sure." Were you up at 6 a.m.? Sure. Just waiting okay. for your text to say, hey, can I come oh, over and watch it? Sorry, man. That's why I cut your internet wire. Mm. Um, so she, uh, Boo. Spencer recoils back hard, shocked, bangs her head. Twinster has a good chuckle at that. I also just want to call her Twinster, not Alex. And well, then Mary her Ju- chuckle is just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> because she's so British. <laughs> she's Cockney. She's such a chat. Well, she's, she's not a quite, chimney sweep. She's not quite Cockney. A lot of people pointed out that oh, whatever. even the most Cockney of cocks would not call this. Here's the thing. The most Cockney of cucks wouldn't call this a uh, Cockney accent. Here's the thing about me and Marco. We watch Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and we're like, what's wrong with his accent? You know? Oh, that, Kevin Costner? That's where we come in on the accent thing. <laughs> Sounds British to me. Uh, did even Christian Slater have a British accent? He had some sort of something, yeah. Side note, because we haven't talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I rewatched part of Lost in Space last night. Mm. I really want to do that on a headcanon. Okay. I fucking, I fucking love that movie. Relevant. Yeah. yeah. Um, Topical. <laughs> so 
Mary Drake then comes running over past Twincer, lets herself in the Spencer's room. Do they have a name for what's wrong with you? <laughs> the movie is great. I mean, the effects are shit. That movie is great. Um, she's got her. I think they're doing, they're doing a new Netflix show of that too. Of Lost in Space. Yeah, fucking Netflix. Yeah. So she's got her hand behind her back, Spencer. You know, she's in shock, backing away. Mary's trying to be sweet and assuring, sounding as much as a vampire can. And she's like, "We didn't think you'd wake up so soon, Spencer." And Spencer's like, "Mary." Mary kneels down, reaching for Spencer. Because as far as Spencer knows, I feel like this could still be a hallucination. Oh yeah. But Spencer starts like slapping her hands away, kind of hilarious, but she doesn't see as Mary drives a syringe into her shoulder. Spencer moans, and goes down. Meanwhile, Twinter's like rising up, carefully watching her new captive. Probably the closest she's ever actually been to Spencer. Oh, yeah. Spencer's life, but Spencer. Smiling, yucking it up. Mary caresses Spencer's arm, and she's like, sweet dreams. And Spencer's breathing harder. She looks up at Alex Spencer, studying her and smiling. And Spencer's eyelids. It's like she's heavy eyelids waking closed. up from a nightmare to a nightmare. Yeah. So she's just like, fuck this. I'm going to pass out again. Yeah. Yeah. As you do. Meanwhile. I feel like some of my told you so's are in order. From who? I don't know. The twins are theorists. Let's just call them that. Okay. I did not invent the theory. I just like to think of myself as the captain of the bandwagon. Um, well, I think your greatest moment is when Heather Hogan suggested that everyone should venmo you 20 bucks well he had a venmo account yeah um i i feel like i just long to be noticed by heather and jacob so kudos to you hmm. uh, too bad you can't turn that into cash yeah <laughs> it's twinter it's we were not crazy we saw what was there um it was interesting reading some of the interviews afterwards i I think it was the l one where it was like an interview with troyan but i think they either had a quote from marlene or uh troyan was talking about marlene and how like they were doing 715 it was like okay when some people see this they're gonna know it's twinter and it's like some people won't get it for the, for the people who do get it they're gonna get it you know <laughs> like they're gonna see it and know and uh yeah we weren't crazy we saw what was there and uh i feel like they really executed it really well with the payoff they didn't have too many scenes of her but they kind of made you look and made you second guess every time spencer is on screen in this last season uh just wondering is that really her you know because she was really weird this one time but she's a little weird the other uh, it made the season really fun to watch for me like that and in aria and her her a journey to me were like the real highlights of this last, last season there's a few things i would have i would have i think tweaked to the journey but yeah, yeah for the most part i mean like well like dory told us in his first interview with us you want people to be able to guess it beforehand and i think it's smart if you can get if, if a writer can get you guessing at this thing and rooting for this theory and at the same time playing with it and making you doubt yourself you know right. showing you the scar but, that sort of thing yeah and then by the time it's revealed you will be so thrilled even if like say there had been nothing to guess no setup. And then it happens. And you're like, oh, this is bullshit. But like now they've made you buy into it. That's the perfect con. They've incepted you. I love it. I love Twinter. Not just because I predicted it. Like the storyline and the performance we get, I feel like Troyan is just excellent. Like there's never a time when I think like, no, that's just Spencer doing an English accent. They feel like different characters, you know, which is like, they do. Like that's and what you want. And so one of the things I think we've been bitching about since, I don't know, like season three or four was when you do the reveal of, of an A, you want the actor who can deliver, can fucking nail that like uh, that monologue. Oh, and she nailed it. Yeah. Which is why I'm like, um, 
maybe not jason please <laughs> this fucking town no this offense. fucking podcast maybe not jason but for all the people who are like i want one of the liars to be a you got your fucking i feel like this well marlene basically said she's like a, a ton of fans wanted us to have a liar as a we didn't want to do that because we didn't feel like it was true to the character uh also we were worried about trying to get somebody else who's like a guest star as a because we didn't know how available they'd be like ren which is like obviously makes something like a twin a perfect solution to that which is why i figured they would go down to that path to begin with because it kind of like solves a lot of your problems and it's, it's easier to keep a secret yeah you know this is something fans have been wanting like it, this isn't i think the people who are really mad are expecting some sort of like this this a reveal will somehow explain all the and fix like the all the plot club. holes in the entire show everything will be tied up and make sense i just was never expecting that like i don't know like i feel like if you've been watching the show for seven years i don't know why you'd expect that there was something in one of the many ex interviews that the i'm Marlene king did where she said that there's like one question that they specifically were like we're not going to answer that wine which, moms i don't know i don't know if it's wine moms i'm curious what is the one question they were like nah we're just gonna let fans wonder about that. It's better. Well, the wine moms is definitely like, don't answer that question. Just let us, yeah, let us think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wonder too. Like, it could be like NAT Club. It could be, it could be the fucking architect I, and the pen. I was Ashley. impressed. I thought that they tied this back into earlier seasons more than I was expecting them to. How so? Because it went back to like stuff with like end of season four, start of season five. Like stuff with like CC oh, and Archer, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, I, like the fact that it even stretches beyond six B, and that it like kind of like like I feel like we'll get to it. But I feel like Alex's motivations to me make a little more sense than CC's. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's move on here because we're in. Well, the... also let's just say real quick. Anytime you have a great reveal and something fantastic, especially done by a woman, who should of course step on it? Ezra fucking fits. Ezra fucking fits. He's in the Radley lobby, sitting at a table, meeting a woman who's like the Radley concierge. He's like filled out some paperwork on a clipboard and he's sliding it over to her and he says, I really need your discretion on this. <laughs> Clearly, it was really very last minute. Um, so if we could just keep it quiet. And the concierge nods and he's like, Yeah, thank you. So they shake hands and he walks away. This dialogue doesn't make a ton of sense if he's really just like booking a balloon ride. What the fuck is is this one of his surprises for the uh I guess so. 7 years that they've known yeah, each other. Yeah, I mean they're they're really kind of stretching it to like put this dialogue in. Aria, this balloon is like your womb and it's supposed to evoke that time we took that ski lift ride. Oh wait, that's not a good story. And balloon fuck. rides it's it's for when your bride to be finds out she's infertile the day before the wedding. You get a balloon ride, you know. Cuz uh, like all things, balloons pop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Ezra, he walks away, rounds a corner towards the elevators, and runs smack into, quote-unquote, Spencer. Well, and she's she surprises him, and she's like, Ezra? Caught, caught a little off guard, yeah. Ezra? Little hint of an accent leaking out, and he's like, hey. And she's like, hi. And uh, that time, like, her hi is almost too accentless. Yeah. Like, it's she seems very on edge. She's like, what, what are you doing here? And twins are at a loss. Uh, she really wasn't ready for this. And then she bonks him on the head of a bag of quarters. I kind of wonder how this episode's construction came about. Like, was it always the plan for Ed- Ezra to get kidnapped? Because it's like, it almost seems like it's working backwards. So it's like, well, Ezra needs to be kidnapped. And if he's going to be kidnapped, we need the- to seem like him and Arya just had a fight. 
Like we need we need it to seem like he might have just left. Mm. Right. And so in order for that, they had to have had a fight. And what would they be fighting about? Well, maybe Arya's infertile. Like I wonder how they got there. Do they work backwards or do they work forwards to this moment? Well, like after the report that she never filed, like what's the second big secret she can be keeping yeah. from him? Um, it's kind of funny though, when we get to that stuff though, I just I just thought of it. Like there was that video of like Ian Harding's last day on the set, you know, and his bows mm-hmm. and everything. And it's like I just remember thinking to myself, wherever they are it's clearly not a set that we usually see oh yeah but they shot it so carefully where someone's like i swear to fucking god you can't reveal where we are in that <laughs> video yeah there's a lot of new sets in this episode i'm sure that contributed to the budget so um speaking of fan favorites at emerson's house we start on with the full fury of a newly engaged allison Dorentis, and she's like what do you mean she escaped we see that allison and emily are being briefed by none other than detective barry maple and he's like, we don't have the details, but we'll stay in constant touch with those state police. And if Mary Drake does try to reach out to you, Allison's like, oh, this has to be a joke, right? I mean, our friend's getting married today. This can't be happening. So Allison's freaking out. Emily's like rubbing her shoulders, trying to comfort her. Emily's like, Officer Maple, if she does try to contact us, I, I, I promise we'll let you know immediately. And Detective Barry's like, well, first of all, it's detective now. And you <laughs> should know she's probably not alone. She needed help to get out. And it wasn't me this time. So you and your friends should stay vigilant. And Barry pieces out of there as if Emily and Allison and Emily have freaked out. I love that they worked him into the series finale. I mean, he feels shoehorned in, but eh, whatever. It's yeah. it's been a long, strange tip, trip, Barry Maple. Well, like he's both drinks. He's the Chief O'Brien of the show. Yeah. It's like you never really thought. I mean, I swear to God, if there's a spinoff, I'm not joking. You put him in there as the chief of operations of your spaceship. You just put him in there. Spaceship? Yeah. Well, like what kind of nine. What? Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm extending my, my I was like Brian. Rosewood spaceship. Wow. Yes. It's all taking place on a I holodeck. Built a spaceship funded by Lucas. It's a world without end. Um whoa. Yeah. Lucas is like the first app, Caleb, was about finding bathrooms and peeing on women's feet. Lucas is like App two? He's like Guy Pierce in those new alien movies that are bad, yeah. Crossing like Guy Pierce in the alien movies and Guy Pierce in uh Iron Man three. Yes. Iron Man three. Is basically like Lucas is like vision board. <laughs> how have they never done like long haired, like messy, scrabbly Lucas? Oh my god! Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Anyway, Spencer is lying on a white pillow. She's pale. She's lit by a fluorescent light. Slowly, she comes to and opens her eyes. There's kind of a dissonant tone of machinery beeping around her. And above her, we see these like kind of hazy patterns on the ceiling. They slowly coalesce into like a grating. Uh, her eyes are darting around. Suddenly, she's wide awake and alert. She looks down. There's like a blood pressure cuff and an IV on her arm. She rips them off. She's kind of like panting in fear. And uh, she won't be going anywhere, though, because her leg is like shackled by a big chain to the floor. Uh, just her right leg there. And it, the lock is like it's like a weird little LED looking lock thing that like flashes and beeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she starts to mess with that. But oh, there's someone else in the room. It's Twincer. Also, I want to point out those books are all stolen library books. Are they? Oh yeah. Okay. Look at the spine labels. Yeah, good job, Twincer. Um, yeah. So Twincer uh, sits in that chair, long legged, you know, probably in the bookcase in this other room. She chuckles Spencer's panic, and then she's just like, "Oh well, you missed breakfast, but Mum's planning a special lunch." <laughs> the English accent. I don't know why we never. I feel like we joke about all the time how the evil twin is English, mm. but I feel like we somehow never did that for Twincer. And it's so obvious in retrospect. It's a funny joke for a lot. Well, so one, there was the start of 
was it season seven with that bar that was retconned as the Ezria bar, where it's like they're following the Archie. Oh, sure, yeah. It was like the, the British bar, like the pub and everything. I mm-hmm. thought that kind of tied in interestingly. Then you and I have always had a joke that villains should always be secretly British. Like mm-hmm. even going back to the like, Star Wars thing. Yeah. Well, like, but also we were watching like Jurassic Park three, and we were like, well, what if the Velociraptors all had evil British accents? <laughs> like, hello, Doctor Grunt, you're going to die, aren't you? Um, you're in the Barney now. Um, so Spencer stops like struggling for shackle because this is real, and she's like, I don't even know what question to ask first. Who are you? So we get a nice wide shot of the two Troyans on either side of the room through the graded walls at the back of the cell. Some gra- crazy industrial plumbing and some canisters of neon green nerve toxins. What is that shit? It's like nerve gas or something. This though, the architecture and the construction. Of this is that's a whole other thing. This seems like a like a safe house for the Avengers. Yeah, it's kind of the vibe I get. Yeah, you know? and so Twinter's just like, really? How hard did Mona hit you? So the twin pulls her legs down, plays with them wide, leaning forward. She's like loving this. And Troyan has fully adopted her full chav evil. It's not just the accent, but the head bobs, the body language, the mannerisms. It's the whole mannerism. It's not just the accent. Like a lot of people are just talking about the accent and, and whether or not it's accurate. Oh, this this doesn't work if she hasn't created a full other character. And yeah. She has. So Spencer, meanwhile, is like staring in shock at her twin, trying to wrap her brain around as fast as she can. And Spencer's like, you want to know who I am? I'm just a girl who met a man when he came in from the rain. How much did you practice your English accent for Honestly, this? Honestly, not much. I was not actually much. going to think about how I needed you to play a few minutes so I could sample oh, really? it. <laughs> See, I, I just watched that Michael Caine impression video over and over. I fucking cannot do an English accent. Coogan and Bryden? You're just, only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. She was only 16. I just, I can't do it. Well, I don't so know why. That one's, that one's extra challenging because there is a nasally vibe mm-hmm. to Michael Caine. Um, and I remember watching a video of Michael Caine talking about how he does a Texan accent and he makes it sound so simple. I feel like I can do I can do Southern so easily. Like that's what comes naturally to me. But I just cannot do a British accent. Like if I had like a genie with three wishes, one of them would be to be able to do a really good British accent. Well, sugar, a Southern accent is a work of beauty. <laughs> if you're gifted with it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you're gifted with it. Um but you were doing pretty good with uh, the one, the one Coogan line with. Uh, you were only supposed to blow the no, bloody no, no, doors the, uh, off. When it's soft, it's very soft indeed. And, and when, when it's it gets loud, louder, it's very loud indeed. <laughs> Michael Caine, as he got older, the brandy, and the scars, and the back. I keep thinking throat. like I'm afraid to, if I pinch my nose. Michael Caine, when he got older, she was only sixteen. <laughs> Oh, this is going to just be so confusing for people. I feel bad for you. I think this is uh, we're going to probably be doing about another hour of just bad English accents, I would say. Yeah. Speaking of which, oh, drink up. Cheers. Good job <laughs> bumping your mic. <laughs> you did it too. <laughs> Off the rails. Mm-hmm. Drink. So, flashback. We get some uh, some faux Moby playing. I couldn't find this in Tunefine. What song? Was it really playing? is like faux Moby, though, is it not? I don't recall. Kind of sounds like that's when I reach for my revolver, like his cover of it, <laughs> the Mission to Burma song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the English pub, it looks a lot like what used to be the brew. It does. Um, oh shit! It's Sarah Manning. I would love because I know like uh, um, Tatiana Maslany will talk about how. She couldn't do what she does without the uh, the, the woman, stand-in. the stand-in who uh, I want to call her the uh, um, fuck, 
the Peck guy, the guy who was the other guy in the Winklevoss twins in the social network. Oh, Josh Peck. Yeah, Josh Peck, who used who went on to be like young Raja Ghoul. Um, she talks about how she couldn't do, you know, five or more twins about her or clones about her. And I keep thinking, like, I would love if she came in for this one episode. I mean, if we ever get uh, Troy on the potty and I feel like that's my first question. It's like, take us through. How did you actually do this? You know. I guess my first question to Troy would be, are you real or are you magic? Okay. How are you so talented? Anyway, so. Uh, we're in this English pub. We move through the crowd of happy Brits in the bar where Twinster's tanning bar in full cha- like punk chavlan attire. I love that she said that her inspiration was Sid Vicious. It was a like skinny tank top. Well, and, uh, the only way is Essex, apparently, is where her yeah, yeah. accent comes from. Um, with bra straps sticking out of the tank top, hair swooped to one side, tons it's, of eyeshadow. It's, it's, it's a total Sarah Ser- Manning look. But it's also, it's it's absolutely Sarah Manning in the first season of Orphan Black. It's mm-hmm. a little bit like Arya, Arya has done that weird hair swoop thing once or twice. And we yeah. praised it like crazy. Mm-hmm. So she's filling up a pint, in the back, her back to the bar. Great mirror shot there. Um, on the mirror on the wall, we see none other than Ren fucking Kingston should approach. He's about to order when he sees her reflection. His jaw, his jaw drops in delighted surprise. She turns around, ignoring him, hands off a drink. because She's a bartender, and guys like this are a dime a dozen. And he's like, Spencer, what are you doing here? She looks up, no hint of recognition. She's like, sorry. Think you have me confused with someone else? He's like, oh, nice try. But Sally, it hasn't been so long that you can pretend like you don't know who I am. I mean, as far as we know, it's like, this is like, what, around like episode 411? It's So this would be, yeah, after he's drawn in the red on the coat of the the coloring book. And he just pieced out back to London at the end of 410. And somewhere after like 501 or between 501 and like 410. Yeah. Yeah. Another great moment in PLL timeline continuity fuckery. Yeah. And he's like, this is during the endless November. He's like, well, I need to get a haircut while I'm out in England. Um, he's, she's like, <laughs> stop one, the baba. Stop two, the pub. Isn't that what every English person does? Um, and she's like, oh, I'd remember if we met, love. I promise you that. So she sexily polishes the glass. She washes him amused. Ren thinks he's being put on. He's like, all right, Spence. Oh, props to uh, Troy and for her like barmaid towel acting here. Like yeah. it's very naturalistic. Well, the funny people, people don't know is that Troy and went and spent three months as a barback oh, yeah. learning her skill here. <laughs> so he's like, all right, Spence, you got to stop this. You're freaking me out. And she's like, sorry, if you're trying to have a crack at me, I must admit this is a new one. Now, will it be a pint? He's English. Of course, it's going to be a pint. His smile flees. She doesn't really know him. Oh, shit. And he's and she's like, are you all right? You look like you've seen a ghost. And he's like, who are you? And she's like, Alex, Alex Drake. Give me my full name for some reason. Can you order something or not? Why would you give out your full name? He's sure. Complete, yeah, uh, you're a sexy lady in a bar. You don't give your full name out. That goes <laughs> like witches. That goes your whole power. He's completely shook. Manager covers witch. He's like, yeah, I'll have a, a, vo- a vodka soda. She's he gets like, all husky. He's yeah. like, v- v- vodka soda. She's like, okay. She moves off to make it. He watches her just stunned and amazed. Mind blown. Well, so Alex Drake, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this together. I don't know if we actually talked about it on the podcast, but like the name Alex has been known for a while. Did we talk about this on the pod? Go on. There was like a Canadian like DVD release tracking site or something where like at some point a few months ago, it was like PLL season seven DVD and it lists the special features hmm. of like on this like weird. It's like just totally weird, obscure site that just like tracks releases. And it's like 
one of the special features is like you know like wardrobe fashion whatever and then one of them just says alex hmm. that's all it says and so people are like oh alex drake and so like the the, the name alex was certainly not a surprise well, i think i've ignored it if we have just because people were like oh shit page's name is credit in the finale or oh shit ezra's got a stunt double i was just thinking as you were talking about that that there's like a youtube podcast where all these two guys want one of them being adam scott is a youtube t-shirt that's all they want for doing their youtube podcast i'm just saying freeform send us that big juicy gorgeous box set of dvds i feel like we've heard i'd like to know it's just a dvd like what is this 19 or like 2001 like what blu-ray has been existed for how long and you're still doing dvds i don't understand it i assume it's blu-ray and DVD. no it's not it's fucking dvd i'm just saying hey send us one i feel like we've earned it um oh, marco wants one i want one bad i want to watch I, some special I want features, one with, yo. i want one with some fucking like commentary tracks on there oh I, I really do feel free to uh engage us <laughs> For your already produced DVDs. <laughs> the to actors help you. turned us down, so we found these two assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say we, you could use bits of our interviews with them, but uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So we end that flashback. We come back to Alex Drake. She's looking a little wistful. She finally recalls that, memo, that moment, that memory of meeting Ren. And I'm going to butcher this, which says, I didn't know about you. Didn't know about Charlotte. Didn't even know about Mary Drake. At first, I thought Ren was putting me on, but then he pulled out his phone, showed me your picture. I still don't know why, but I started to cry. Can Rough. I you, can I give you a note? Sure. Don't. It's annoying to hear you do that, like to my <laughs> ears. But, but mm-hmm. I think you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm just saying. I think you nailed it, and because you nailed it, it was hard for me to listen to. That's good. My ears. Mm-hmm. So Spencer says he just ran into you <laughs> at a bar it's a nice lampshade there because like seriously but i i buy it she's she's in london i suspect in is, london this is one of those moments when we were working on like like god endless drop of trouble we were working on trouble there were certain moments where i'd pitch something and benji would be like well let me tell you why that's a dumb idea <laughs> and so he would give me this well thought out beautiful exposition about why it was a bad idea and I was like, no, you fool. That's so-and-so's dialogue. You've just written the next scene. And I feel like someone was like, what are you saying, Marlene? They just ran into each other at a bar. And she's like, yes. Yes. Yeah. So Alex is, her eyes kind of flutter at the absurdity of all this. And she says, oh, it's in shock. And add a list of questions in my lungs. Yeah, it's, it, it's gone now. Uh, it took Ren days to tell me everything he knew. And Spence kind of <laughs> holds her arm where she yanked the IV out and she kind of leans closer, captivated. And Alex says, I never felt so close to someone so fast. He felt the same way. Melissa was already out of the picture. She was dating some composer, so he was fair game. Yes, I guess you could say he had a type. You know, first, uh, then you, then, uh, then me. And Spencer's just feeling gross now. Like, is she observing the girl code? Well, Melissa's in a relationship, so. Yeah, there's some timeline issues with that, too. Uh, and so Alex says, yeah, it's a lot to process. Would you like a sedative? Spencer says, is Ren a part of this? The threats, the torture, your twisted board game? After Charlotte died, I, I needed closure. I wanted my, term, my own terms. 
rather than me come to Rosewood alone because he knew that I would come back to him. Have you ever seen Closer? Closer? <laughs> Anyways, after I found out who killed Charlotte, that's just what I did. So I was like, yet here you are. Now, I know this isn't very fun for you, but it's very exciting for me. <laughs> I love her for that. She yeah. crosses the room, moves closer to Spencer on the bed now, leaning down. You see, I've been dying to meet you. Spencer like lunges for her and said, Alex, whoops, with glee as she darts back. And Spencer's like tripped up by her leg. Shackle falls down. Alex guffaws evilly. Oh, 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 loving this. Spencer retreats to the bed. Yeah, well, you could have just called. That is such a classic Spencer line. Oh, oh I'll be sure to use it. So she's like, if I'm in here because you're pretending to be me, my friends are going to figure it out. You're never going to pull this off. So she snaps her, snaps her head from laughing in this vicious cold sound. She's like, I've already pulled it off. Just the quickness of that. It's like, you'll, you're never going to pull this off. I've already pulled it off. <laughs> Haven't you been listening to the podcast, love? Flashback. So we get that scene from 701 where Spencer, in quotes, is comforting Hannah. She wakes up and Hannah's like, Spencer? And Alex asks Spencer's like, you've got this. You're going to be okay. Hannah's like, I think I'm dying here. Alex is like, no, I won't let that happen. Then we flash to that scene from S78, uh, X's and OMG's, when Alex is looking through the Hastings photo album in the main house living room alone at night. Uh, she caresses Peter Hastings' photo and she moves past it, looks at the photos of the babies, and just like looks up and stares. Flash again to Spencer's goodbye to Toby in S7E10. Or, of course, it's actually Alex trying to get some sugar from fucking tripod here. And Alex says, I uh, have three testicles. Sorry. Toby, can I kiss you? And Toby just makes like sad Toby faces. And Alex says, just one more time or one last time. Like her accent slips a little bit there. Only a little bit. Only a tiny bit. Yeah. No one noticed. It's not as British as you're doing. Yeah. Alex. Well, what can I say? It's uh, not my specialty. Last time. Yeah. Alex says, just to say goodbye. And she moves in and kisses him and just like sad ass Toby faces here, but he still kisses her. It's funny, like when we watched this the first time, we were not, we were definitely not like, oh, this is a twin. Right. But we were like, this is weird. You know, like what's up with Spencer? That's fucked up to ask about that. But Spencer's always been so fatalistic. Exactly. Yeah. We were like, I'm not saying Spencer wouldn't do this, but it's kind of messed up. One of the things that I would have, I would have, if I was in the room with the writers, I would have been like, we need to show more. Not that it's not apparent, but I feel like one more thing where somebody's like, damn, Spencer, you would have been a great A if you were A or whatever. You know what I mean? Like one more thing. I guess I, there's I know- that. I, I do think, and it's hard to do because they're trying to not cheat too much. Yeah. If there was one more scene of yeah. Twincer interacting with someone. Yeah. I think you could use one more. I mean, obviously, we got one in this episode. But. I mean, it kind of reminds me. I don't know. We're in the bingo card is the lost thing. It kind of reminds me of like, well, gee, I hope Mr. Echo never brings up that time that he met this fucking smoke monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we get another flash to uh, S7E18. Alex is tearing Toblerone's clothes off. It's time for a Tobler bone of her own. Mm. She pulls off her dress. Toby is happy to oblige and sex her up. I might poop. And then we end the flashback, come back to this cell here where Alex is uh, just evil monologuing. She licks her lips, recalling the moment. Spencer says, like mother, like daughter. That's what you, that's what you and Mary were arguing about. And she's kind of disgusted. What argument? I feel like there was. We like, didn't see that. Yeah, sure. Whatever. 
Uh, Spencer says she pretended to be Jessica to sleep with my father, and now you're pretending to be me to sleep with Toby. What does Ren think about that? And Alex says, oh, he doesn't care anymore. But there was a time when Ren would do anything for me. Flashback. You remember that great scene in Go? It's all right. I'm okay. <laughs> what happened to that guy? I don't know. That guy was great. I felt Go. like that guy was like he owned that whole movie. And how, then... how shitty is it? I know that Google after that Go, he went on to be in Roswell, the TV show, very briefly. Ooh. Or with like a bad American accent. I always assumed he was British because I love his British accent so much. It's kind of like when I found out to my chagrin that James Marster was his American. I still refuse to believe that. Isn't, um, oh, there's somebody else who's American too that blew my mind. I think it was Wesley. He's American, right? Oh, uh, Wesley Wyndham Price. Ex- Alexis Denisoff, mm-hmm. the husband of Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't accept that. I've heard things about him. Things about him? I've heard things. What kind of things? Things. Like bad things or things? Holes. Wink. Um, uh, I could not get you to cough on your champagne at all. That plugs me out. Uh, Desmond Askew is who we were talking about from Go. Wow, also, he got old. Why is my glass like this and your glass is like that? I don't know. I've been talking a lot, I guess. Why don't you stop well, interneting and start drinking? I did some voice work for Elder Scrolls Online. Okay. Anyway. Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> <laughs> he probably knows. Does it Nolan say North. where he was born? Does it say where he was born? Desmond Askew. What a great name. It is Askew. Name. Uh, Hi, I'm Marco Askew. London. So there you go. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, airport scene in seven fifteen. Alex is arguing in front of the table. Uh, look, I made up you promise, and I know what it, that means to me. I keep my word. Oh, Alex, come on. Are you really doing this all for Charlotte? I know you love this sister, but this, this is, is Ren, by the way. Yeah. No, those bitches took her away from me. Now they're getting everything that they deserve. Ren wants to say something. He stops. He's not down for this. Look, I'm honoring her. Don't you get that? And Ren's like. I get everything about you, and I miss you. I miss us. And Alex looks away, trying to shrug off that emotional heat, but then just, oh shit. Whenever a woman does a great thing, there's Ezra fucking Fitz standing over the gate. He sees her ruining it, and she's like, Ezra? I feel like if nothing else, this podcast will take some heat off Troyan, because our English accents are so much worse than she could ever possibly imagine. Listen, if you ever have a negative thing to say about Troy and Belisario, I will fight you. Mm-hmm. I will fight you. And to prove that I am serious about this threat, I will give you Benjamin Light's actual address to oh, show shit. up. <laughs> you having a laugh? Are you? Bring it. So Ren sees Ezra, turns back around. Even more, I'm even more fascinated by, by uh, Joseph Doherty's thing of like, I can't remember if she called cut on herself or not. Well, uh, it's funny because Ren here is just like, he just has this look like, oh, shit. You know? Like, yeah. Ren is like, it's, I mean, Ren is maybe, you know, he does, he's complicit in some things that aren't the greatest, but I do still feel kind of bad for him. Well, it's a, it's a, it's the beauty of like a brief performance in great narrative editing, though, because he, it, you create this little story where his, mm-hmm. his performance carries so much weight. Considering, I don't know how much he really got to like, craft the emotional journey of his character well, it's like they had him on set for probably a fucking day or something right like, right i feel like julian moore is definitely like he steps back into a role he hasn't done in like three years yeah and he just he completely nails it like yeah. it's like yep that's ren like yeah. I, and there, like there are times when an actor will come back after a really long time and you're like mm, doesn't feel quite the same mm. but yeah i feel like he, he totally nailed ren just as we remember him even as we're getting this whole other side of ren too but for a character who who uh, dare I say, like mysteriously, really resonated compared to like 
um, what's his fucking name? Spencer Sobercoach. Oh, like, fucking Dean. But like, yeah. but, but I mean, like, why didn't Dean resonate with fans the same way Ren did? Oh, well, he didn't have an English accent. There you go. Yeah. Even a even a lie would sound good at Ren's accent. Um, yeah. So, oh, that was another thing I want. Oh, so another thing I want to point out is when we were when we were on set. Sorry, is that the bingo thing? Is that the bingo? Card? It should be. Yeah. There you go. Um, Have we casually name dropped Brian Holdman yet? Give me time. Mm-hmm. Was he there on the cart? He was on he the was? cart. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. So. If you've won, ding, ding, ding at me. Um, like I said, bingo. Many times, like I was fascinated. But, like there was the one girl, and I kept thinking, like, well, what the fuck does that random girl do on the set? And then I found out that she was like Troy and stand-in, and I kept thinking about well, no, her. The, the even better moment is when we're we're talking to Troy and, and the video monitor is right next to us, and I'm like looking back and forth, and suddenly I do a double take because I'm like, wait, how 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 am I talking to you when you're over there? And she's like, oh, that's my stand-in. Also. All the props in the world to that mysterious photo that Keegan took, I don't know how long ago, where it's him behind Troyan in the mirror with the reflection, and there somehow is two of her. And somehow Keegan Allen revealed it all, all that time ago. Also, since we're on the subject, someone asked me, why did I tweet the thing about the Twinster documentary? Okay. It's because somebody associated the show tweeted that trailer or, or just something on social media that trailer like a year ago. Oh, really? Okay. And I watched it and I thought, well, that's an interesting documentary because it's just an interesting documentary. But then, like, it wasn't until yesterday where I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> a year ago, they were doing research on these mysterious twin things. Anyway. Well, Marlene has said that she had this idea for a couple of years. There's some controversy because there's an old video where she mentions she's like just talking at like, uh, like a premiere or something or other where she like mentions a fan theory about Troy and, or Spencer having a twin that like Troy and told her about and people are like, Oh my God, she stole it from a fan. Like an evil twin is not exactly a, right. uh, a copyrighted uh, plot right. twist or anything. Um, but yeah, it seems like my impression from Marlene's interview is that she had an idea for a while that like, Oh, we could do a twin, but it didn't fully cement. I'm guessing until around season seven. That's counter to what we've now heard since the finale, which is that the idea started to germinate uh, early season five. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. She had the idea for a long time, like, oh, Spencer okay. could have a twin, but it didn't fully become a reality until season seven, which is not surprising to me because I feel like if there's one thing we've learned doing this podcast and analyzing so closely, it's that that we've kind of seen that the show tends to operate in seasons and really like half season chunks. Mm-hmm. Like, I think by season three, we started to figure that out that like, well, they might have some overarching narrative stuff, but usually stuff's planned out in little chunks of like half seasons or so. I kind of wondered, though, in season six, though, when they got renewed for two more seasons, if that, like you said, more more of the big stuff was was cemented in and the little stuff, which should be big stuff or is perceived to be big stuff by the fans was a little more um well, I can make like the the dream. I can slash, remember at the time forward. in six B when we finally got to the six twenty, and it was like Mary Drake. Oh shit! And it was like I th- I feel like we said this on the podcast. Like oh, it sounds it sounds it feels like the flash forward finally started. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like everything else that's happened in six B has kind of just been prologue to this. And I think that's panned out. Is like they had no idea what to do exactly it wasn't until they had time to like take a, an, an off season and figure things out that they were like okay we're we're doing twinster for real you know do you remember when you watch hit and run 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 and like yeah. uh 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 
what's his name's dead R- Rick, uh rick rick's yeah. dead and you're like wait a minute there's that whole flash forward how does that pan out yeah exactly. and again the genius of jacob clifton because he described allison's walk as like that well 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 walk. Mm-hmm. anyway so um she sees ezra and she's like ezra and ren sees ezra and turns back around even more stressed like oh god and alex is like hey and ezra's like hey so she stands like to, to the great ezra and she's greet. like that should be greet sorry oh well Let me go ahead and correct that right now we both have Ian crazy there. typos throughout mm-hmm. um I don't remember what mine was earlier, but it said something like Spencer makes an eat face. Sure. Yeah. yeah I don't know what that was. Anyway, so Alex is like, I don't think you've ever met Ren Kingston. Uh, Ezra, this is Ren. And Ren stands, tries to be cool, shaking Ezra's hand. Like, what's, what's funny is this, his affect totally makes sense now. Yeah. When he watched this scene, as he's kind of like, hey, dude, let's shake well, hands. And it yeah. showed in that episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely deeper now. She's like, Ren, this is Ezra Fitz. And Ezra's like, hello. And Ren's like, pleasure. And Alex smirks at her deception. She watches them and flashback and flashback. Hey guys, Benji here. As it turns out, this podcast ended up being six hours and 32 minutes long, which is too long for our podcast hosts, which is why we're splitting these up in two. This is only the end of part one. That's right. You still have another three hours and 17 minutes to go. Enjoy the rest of the podcast on side B, please. Bye-bye.